Alright, here we go. Here we go. Alright, Shelby, do the intro. Nope. Live <laughs> from... Oh, nope, that's not it. New York! <laughs> it's Saturday night! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Saturday. It's not. It's Thursday, and that means it's Podzilla <laughs> After Dark. Here on the Podzilla. Okay, I thought yesterday was Thursday. Can I do the intro, please? Can no, I get through can't. the intro before you banter? No. Nope. nope. He hit you with that Ross Perot. Can I finish? Day and can night I she finish. talks. Man, you, can you, I finish? you compared us to the cast of King of the Hill beforehand, so now they're overcompensating. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh. After Dark, here on the Podzilla 1985 Network. <laughs> there it is. My name is Shannon... No last name, and I'll be your host tonight. With me, of course, we have Jesse Kimball. No, that's too obvious. Um, JK Lawlings. Wait a minute. <laughs> Just call him Simmons, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, that would have been so much better. you have to go to the other one? <laughs> and so much better. Also, Lindsay here. Hi. Or as I like to call her, Babblefish. I don't know. I don't understand that reference. Is she a translator? <laughs> Shelby, I don't. Shelby Chancer with us tonight. Somebody talk me out of this Steam Deck. Nope. Buy it. And Double H. I tried. Hunter. Don't do it. I don't know why. I am reminded. Right back to where I started. I am reminded of a, of a meme I saw, a picture, if you will, mm-hmm. of a, yeah. a headline from like the New York Times. <laughs> And before it, it says, it's coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta be down because yeah. I want it all. And then it's the article says, it started out as a fish. How did it end up like this? <laughs> <laughs> and below it, it was only a fish. It was only a fish. <laughs> I still like the one where it's uh, the, the crab holding the cigarette. And he says, uh, it's, the same, it's the same set of lyrics. Uh, and he's having a smoke. And he's also a crab instead of Angie taking a crab. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him. I love it. Oh, uh, God help me, I love it. What about, uh, let me see, what is it? Where is it? What about Twitter user um, Commander Jaunty who says, here's the thing with uh, t- girls 22 or under. They smell no. really no. hot. No. <laughs> no. No. Guaranteed, this Twitter user is 20 plus years older than these girls. Oh, yeah. And yes. I bet he also yeah. smells great. Uh, yeah, he looks like a dude that just has a wonderful smell about him. He looks like the best way to describe his smell would be jaunty. <laughs> I'm going to give you a better one to read right now. There it is. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. Sorry I can't hang out. I have to itch the mosquito bite on my ankle till I reach bone. <laughs> Now, Hunter, I had heard something today about Garfield. Yeah. He's, uh, people are modding him into that Stray game. That's what it was, no, right? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, they are. So Stray on the on the PS4, and is it on anything other than PS4? Or not PS4, PlayStation. It's just PlayStation, uh, yeah. It's just that, yeah. Yeah, people are, people, well, people are already modding it, so I have to imagine it it's might PC, be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they've modded Garfield into the game, so you're not just yeah, a normal cat, you're Garfield. They have also uh, modded CJ from San Andreas into it, so it's just like him on all fours. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. I don't know why. I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, I've already that. seen the ones of him walking doing the, oh shit, here we go again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Hunter, so, some I, people. I also they get so heard, focused on whether or not they can. I, <laughs> Hunter, I also heard that. <laughs> I also you can't do it. I also heard you can't do it. That Garfield's cum can be considered an. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't work. Garfield. Let's go back to that earlier quote. <laughs> Gar- Garfield's cum can be considered an alternative fuel if you consider my asshole a vehicle. Stop! Ew! Stop, Shannon. Shannon. Do you have a motherfucker of the week? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. I it's him. <laughs> I like to award it to him for saying these things. Uh, Jesse, my motherfucker of the week are those rascally Republicans again. Oh, is it about the, um, the, the, the newest bill they voted down? It is. The, the one packs? that... Well, not just that they voted down, but they voted for... And then they they changed tacked their on mind. The spending, yeah, yeah. Well, they tacked on that because uh, I was just watching the video that you posted the John Stewart thing. So it gets to them. They tacked on that that spending thing, which means it has to go back to the house. They pass it again, and then it comes back to the Senate. And they go, Nah. What is this? Nah. <laughs> we don't want this. We're good. We said, Wait a minute, this whole operation was your idea. Now <laughs> they, they they pulled a Joe Mansion. Well, okay, oh. so the the big rumor, and it's not proven, is that this is in response to the fact that Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer came to a deal on uh, that, that uh, climate and, and health stuff. Yeah, the, the... The bill or whatever. Infrastructure, I don't know. It's whatever. I don't care. What it was, it was the... Yeah, the whole thing about like the, 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 the combat climate change. Yeah, because Joe Manchin was against it, and they had to convince him, because Joe Manchin's a motherfucker, too. He should be motherfucker of the week. But it's just the fact that, like, it's... Uh, to to use you United States uh, servicemen and women as a pawn in a political pissing contest, and they're actually like dying because of it. Like, I people always ask me, like Shannon, why are you so hard? On, you say you're an independent. Why are you so hard on Republicans? Like, look, Democrats are inefficient sometimes, but and and they definitely use tragedies for their own personal gain. But I can't recall the last time that I can remember off the top of my head where Democrats literally voted against helping people or, or or were actively like letting people die to further their their political campaign and republicans have been doing it for so long republicans don't give a shit about anybody other than winning and owning the libs and whatnot and what's sad is there are so many people that just love that man they go along with it they think it's funny republican voters would rather repo- vote for a republican just because he's republican and ignore the fact that they are like responsible for so much suffering and and hypocrites when they talk about how much they love the police except on january 6th when they turned on the police and and you know incited an insurrection at the capitol building and and then you know were protected by or by by the president loved by the president they say they love that was was antifa those weren't republicans jesse i heard if you didn't know any better it was just a regular tour if you did, if they didn't tell you it I've was a insurrection, that, no. it was regulatory. They, they say they care about veterans and and servicemen and women, and then they vote down something to to help keep them alive for benefits to them. It's so ridiculous, and there's still people that just won't listen. It's this is why we stopped talking about politics on the show because nobody fucking cares. It, it's whatever, whatever, man. But yeah, fuck. I mean, on. everybody that everybody that cares has already like switched sides. Yeah. So like I could I even so the uh the the one they recently. Mm-hmm. The Republicans voted down or voted against. I guess it still went through because they had enough of a majority. I think the the one about uh, contraception, like guaranteeing contraception. Yeah. Uh, they like that one. Like every <laughs> single Republican voted against it. 
did, did you see the other video I posted of the ad from Texas with Greg Abbott? No, no. Holy shit. This fucking ad. So there's a woman and a man in the hospital, in a doctor's office. The doctor comes in and explain, and it's really traumatic. Great acting, sad music. That's very realistic and very, very fucking like depressing. He explains to her that um, there's no good way to, to say this, but that her baby has this awful, awful, um, I forget exactly what it was, but parts of her, her brain didn't form. She's only going to live an hour or two after being born, and she's going to suffer that entire time and go through multiple you know, strokes and seizures. And it's really sad. And the woman, you know, she's crying. She says, you know, the doctor says, I, I'm sorry to, to tell you this, but only one person can make this decision. And she says, well, how, how long do I have? And then it just completely switches. The doctor goes, and that person is Greg Abbott. And he walks over to the wall where there's a phone and a picture of Greg Abbott. He picks it up and says, hey, no. he's like, hey, Greg, I got somebody here who, what's what's that? Well, I think this is really a case where, we, no? Okay. And he hangs up the phone and says, sorry, guys. <laughs> Greg says, no, good luck. And he just walks out of the room. It's so fucking jarring. It's, a, it's amazing. It is such a good fucking ad. Oh, man. I highly Fuck. recommend everyone go watch that ad. It's great. Anyway, who's your motherfucker of the week? Because I'm just, I'm just screaming into the void at this point. There's not enough liquor in this fucking glass to compensate for my misery. That's fair. The, I, I, to, to finish up the point I was going to make a minute ago. So, yeah, with that bill, r slash uh, conservative, which, as everyone knows, is kind of a cesspool. Uh, even they were confused about Republicans voting against it. They actually posted like, "So what in here? Why did why did we vote against this? What? Why why is it straight down the line against this?" And everybody was like, "I I don't know." Like every single comment was like, "I I don't I'm not sure." And then there were a few people that were like actually self aware enough to say like, "Oh, it's just because the Republicans don't want anything good to come out of this uh, current regime, so that they can win in midterms." <clears throat> Even yep. if it means fucking over other people. And they'll still uh, vote for him, knowing that. Yeah, 100%. So my motherfucker of the week mm. was going to be Spectrum. I just sent you this story, Shannon. I don't know if you've actually read it Oh, yet. is this I about the guy that murdered the woman and then the Spectrum was found? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, here, here's the, the, the gist of the story. Uh, dude goes in and sets up a fax machine for this, like, 80-year-old woman. Uh, it doesn't work quite right. She calls. He comes back the next day. According to Spectrum, he wasn't on the clock or on duty, but he did come back the next day to uh, help her fix the fax machine, and she walked in and caught him stealing all of her credit cards. Well, he then decided, in for a penny, and pulls out a box cutter and stabs her over and over and over again. Uh, then takes her credit cards and goes on a spending spree. Uh, this was back in 2019. And it gets worse. It gets so much worse somehow. Because this is how Spectrum decided to handle it. Uh, the press release further said that Charter Spectrum attorneys used a forged document to try to force the lawsuit into a closed-door arbitration where the results would have been secret and damages for the murder would have been limited to the amount of Ms. Thomas's final bill. The jury found that Charter Spectrum committed forgery beyond reasonable doubt, conduct that constitutes a first-degree felony under Texas law. It's also, I love the fact that, I don't love it, don't get me wrong, I'm not laughing that this woman's dead, that's awful, but just something about life 
and, and the awfulness of it kind of makes you laugh sometimes. Uh, the fact that I think he stabbed her to death with a Spectrum uh, box cutter, and he was yeah. like, he it's like he he was a, knife. It yeah, was an like... official Spectrum utility knife that ended up killing this woman, and yeah. Uh, they also, I forget the exacts of it, but I had read that there was a program in place that if they had not gotten rid of that program would have revealed to them that he was a troubled worker, that he had been, you know, uh, he had been in trouble with previous employers. They probably would not have hired him or put him in this position, but they eliminated that and, and it was more cost effective. I don't know what not. So they didn't know that this guy was uh, kind of a monster. So they hired him and they put him in place and then he did what he did. Because it was at the height of like employers being unable to actually staff their businesses, I believe. Well, this was right before COVID, so. Oh, never mind. Uh, I yeah, thought it was, it was, like, it was right before. As it hit, like right after. It's like, well, fuck. Yeah, because Spectrum did start, uh, and I think this may have been when Spectrum was trying to roll out the the deal where they, they were hiring contractors instead of actually hiring drivers and techs. Uh, because that was like the the dude that set up our cable at the last house we were at. Like, he was just a charter contractor. He didn't actually work for charter. Yeah, I think uh, even the last time I got Spectrum, like, nobody from Spectrum came out. They were just like, some guy delivered the box and said, there you go. Yeah. Good luck. And <laughs> You figure it out. And then he stabbed me to death. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, god damn, the damages for the murder would have been limited to the amount of the woman's final bill. Man, fuck. This- you guys, so the jury, so Some for those, of those that, spe- spectrum bills can be high, <laughs> upwards of one hundred and fifty dollars. Dead now, right? The late uh, fees so alone. The jury set this amount, so the like it's definitely going to go down. But I still love this. The jury ordered Charter to pay seven billion dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and they set it that high because they knew it would come down. It's they wanted them to pay. Is possible. It's, the judge is going to order less on it because they like it's very, very much like Charter's got nothing out of this. Like, <laughs> did someone on the jury at least do the Dr. Evil like seven million dollars? <laughs> the pinky to the lip. Comments on this that like for me it just makes it. I, I started dying. Someone was like, "What's well, America?" So it might actually be seven billion dollars. Followed <laughs> up by, "No, it's a cable bill, not a healthcare bill." <laughs> or a military spending bill, but not on the the military that needs medical aid. Only on weapons oh, to fight yeah. more. Uh, yeah, that's seven billion is chump change for the defense budget. Jesse, that's pretty shitty. Right, that's pretty shitty. Yes, but that's pretty bad. But as an American, I'm more concerned about what impact this will have on my internet than I am with this woman's death. So we just need to get well, Shannon. Enjoy your new landline. <laughs> I, I I don't want a landline, Hunter. It's too well, late. Would it wouldn't pass them that they get a lawsuit? So due to recent events, your bills will be going up. <laughs> that would be great if they pass the buck along to their consumers. Because what else are we gonna do? Go to AT and T wireless internet? Fuck no. Just gotta hold out for Circle Fiber, man. I might as well put That's a fucking mouse on a here. wheel and let him generate internet. On. Circle Fiber is act like they're already set up in Jackson. They're working on Cape. Yeah. Shannon, why would you get a mouse when Are you they all those spiders you can now? already train? You think I should electro? <laughs> Each spider carries a megabit to the destination and then brings it back. 
this makes me think of that Japanese radish thing again. You know, one Japanese radish gives someone four, enough energy to walk 48 feet. Yeah, but the other one is 49 feet away. <laughs> He's just dead reaching out for the, for the last radish. Uh, oh. Well, these are all awful stories. Um, yes, 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 they are. Uh, oh, we never said the the bill they vo- the Republicans recently voted against. It was for human trafficking, y'all. Yeah. Of course, it was to help stop human trafficking. Well, that's not an American wow. issue. So, and the wow. Republicans are like, nah. No, it's isn't a problem. I uh, I don't understand politics. I mean, I but do. It's Democrats that sure are, do, and I hate it. Yeah. 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 Well, in other slightly political news, so Alex Jones is facing in litigation as well. Alex Jones is facing a hundred and fifty million dollar lawsuit from uh, parents over. I th- want to say it was. Yeah, didn't uh, he just straight Rob up Elementary? not show up to court not that long ago? Like he just just didn't go. Yeah, and just didn't feel like it that day. He he, he the way he, he backtracks, he's trying to say like, well, I never said it didn't happen, you know, and and no, he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's fucked on this. Hopefully, this is the end of Alex Jones and Infowars is a great website. Uh, mm. oh, there was something else I saw too that was like very uh, Trump's being investigated by the Department of Justice. Apparently, they yes. they could be filing charges against him. Ain't not gonna happen. Uh, people, Correct, no. people will still a motherfucker could be well. He can't be convicted and run for president because that that's not how you know the, it works. That works. But if he's not convicted and runs for president, this will absolutely boost his numbers because again, nobody cares about the law. Nobody cares about what's right or wrong. All they care about is that their political side wins, and especially if you're a fucking brain dead knuckle dragon Republican, because that's all you care about is is winning and and not what actually happens. So, oh and in my. fairness, like I, uh, I know more than a few Republicans personally that voted for Biden and will not vote for Trump in the primary or the general. And that's uh, it's like, a start. Like, because there are Republicans with enough sense to like, no, this guy is clearly bad. Like, this is this is not okay. Yeah, so, but who's your other choices in this? Ron DeSantis. I would rather have Trump. I don't. I would um, rather have Trump than Ron DeSantis because Ron, Ron DeSantis is like Trump, but with a brain, and that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> what I hate is that Jesse was going to disagree Jesse's with me realizing and then things. stopped. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, like, I don't like that. It's one of those things, like, I, because I know, like, the other, like, the big one that people are touting is DeSantis. And I'm like, oh, God damn. And then, like, the Democrat, well, no, they will want Trump to win the primary because they are, will be confident that they can beat Trump again. Right. It's like, you, you guys have heard about that, right? Like, Democrats are actively funding uh, pro Trump candidates because they think that they like, their guys could beat them. I mean, it's a risky move, but I get it. It's worked in the past. It's just in the past, the Trump cult wasn't like this. Uh, because that's how, like, Claire McCaskill won Missouri whenever she ran. Uh, like, the Dem- like, the Democrats funded her, like, funded the, the fringe opponent. He ended up winning the primary, and then she destroyed him in the general because he was fucking insane. The problem is now fucking insane wins elections. It's already backfired once. Yeah. Yeah, I fear for our future prospects, Gene. Future motherfucker, I feel for us right. I feel for us right now. Uh, yes. We also just really quick, we didn't get to talk about this. Uh, there were a couple deaths recently that I wanted to mention because I happen to be fans of these particular people. David Warner passed away. Um, David Warner is a great actor, and what's weird is the thing I remember him for most. Jesse, do you know what it is? 
Dave wow. Warder sounds really familiar. And but... not only did he not know, he was bored by my question. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, 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 we had a real big dinner, and I've been just kind of sleepy ever since. Oh, you poor thing. Of uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Why I said it like that. Uh, he was in Ninja Turtles too. Oh. And I think he's been in a lot of things other than I mean, that. That doesn't help me. He any. was the well, Lindsay. Titanic, how many characters Tron, do you remember from Ninja Turtles? The Omen. Not many, to be honest, other than ones in costume. <laughs> then, then the the pool is very small to pick from. He was the professor. Oh, okay, okay. I have a face now. Uh, Paul Sorvino died. Paul Sorvino, great actor, one of my favorite actors. And uh, then Tony Dow may or may not have died. He may or may not still be dead. He could still be alive. We're not sure. Did you hear about this story? So Tony Tony Dow, I think is his name. I don't know. He's from Leave It to Beaver. And they his wife announced his death a couple days ago. But then they backtracked and said, no, he's in hospice. He's not actually dead. She, was, she thought he was dead. His wife thought he was dead. So then they're like, no, he's actually still alive. And then a couple hours later, they came out with a statement and said, oh, he died. But then they were like, but actually. So... He's like, he's, he's Schrodinger's he's actor. He's both alive and dead, depending on the article. So, according according to the current results, he died yesterday. The current results? Well, have, you, have you been to that died. website, Hunter? Is Tony Dow dead? <laughs> well, I okay. Tomorrow look, he'll be alive again. Here's right. here's the thing. No, CNN it's says it's too close to call. Fuck. Fox is going to go ahead Fuck. and call it for death. Oh. Um, <laughs> That is a good joke, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate no, it. No, it really, it really, everybody, all the, the, the one day ago reports now say that his passing is confirmed. So That's he, yeah. he did die yesterday and uh, in Topanga, California. Well, who wouldn't love to? No, stop it, Shannon. Stop. Okay. Uh, Vince McMahon is a piece of garbage, Jesse. He said the N-word on TV once. I heard. Yeah. At I heard least it. once. Once that we are aware. Once of. on TV, probably yeah. a lot more times backstage. One, he's definitely like he's definitely a dude that just casually drops that word, just hanging out. Well, he's not sexy. Mm-hmm. He's not sexy, Sarge. Come on, um. <laughs> Shannon, where did he get those light up shoes at the uh, mall? Uh, it's from some Arab, if I remember correctly. There it is. Yeah, there. That's the one. Uh, that's did, the correct one. I didn't know this till Dalton sent me this the other day. Did you know that uh, Hannibal Burris left Eric Andre show? Mm-mm. I didn't either, but he was he was doing an interview with Steve-O, of all people, and he was talking about why he left the Eric Andre Wait a show. I think I did know this, because I remember hearing something about him saying that he had just kind of outgrown it, that like he was doing other stuff, and yeah. it just wasn't really in his wheelhouse anymore, so he said more about that? Yeah, he was just talking about how you know it just wasn't working. Like you said, it wasn't working for him anymore, and do other things, and that's just so weird to think of the Eric Andre show without Hannibal Burris. I don't think it'd be as funny. You have to have but Hannibal he was Burris. The best part of that show. Yeah, you got to have him to balance yeah. out Eric Andre. Yeah. Is so? Are they still doing the show? Because I haven't seen anything about them doing it without him. Well, that so it's just Eric now. That that was another one of his complaints was that he said, you know, the time between the first few seasons was very small, but then the time yeah. between this last season and the next one, you know, it's getting so big that he's just doing other things. So it was time for him to right. move on. So I think they are well, still doing the show. He's in the MCU, man. Like he's yeah, boy got things to do. He's a, he's like, a he is. He's is. a coach who one hundred percent believes that that Peter Parker is a bad person. Um, well, not anymore. I mean, and Captain America might be a terrorist. He doesn't know for right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but the government says I got to show you this video. So here we go. 
Did he you... was also in. Uh, am I am I remembering correctly? He was in that movie Tag, wasn't he, with Jeremy Renner and and those guys? The based on the guys who played Tag all their oh, life. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he's the one who, when they were trying, they were talking about synchronizing their watches. He just goes, "Time is a construct." Like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even try. Uh, all right. So you know what we're gonna do tonight? We're gonna switch things up a little bit. Um, instead of rambling for forty uh, to fifty minutes, and then don't interrupt me. Instead of rambling for forty, fi- what did I just say? What did I just say? I didn't care. That you don't care I about Lil Rel? What's wrong with Rel? Oh, he's fine. Apparently, uh, but yeah, he's not Hannibal Burris. That's not true. It is Hannibal. All right, fair enough. I don't know. I've never cool. seen the movie. I don't know I what's happening. That, so it wasn't Hannibal Burris and Tag. Did I Hannibal really Burris and Tag? Who was that? Real. Who'd you say? Uh, he said. Okay, well, Jesse, why am I seeing? I don't know who that why is. am I seeing tag right here and it says cast Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, Annabelle Willis, Hannibal Burris. I was on IMDb, and I don't see Hannibal Burris on the cast. I see Hannibal Burris on oh, the no, fucking cover of the poster, Jesse. I was going to see the poster. Right there. Little yeah, no, Rel is also in it. Rel is also in the film, and yeah, Hannibal Burris is on the poster. So yeah, no, I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, Rel. no, you're both right. That's the key. You don't know Rel. Rel is a legitimately funny comedian. Uh, he's great. He had a. I don't, had, I don't know this guy off the top of my head. He I'm had a show on Fox for about. I think it was on Fox for about five minutes, which was a shame. The funny guy. I don't even see him in the the IMDb credits. Why am I not? Oh, okay, little Rel Howery. Yeah, okay, this is the guy from Get Out, right? He's I, the cop. I he's keep, the cop and get out. Yeah, he is. He is yeah. the cop and yeah. get out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The like the he's not roommate, but like buddy. He's the one who who shows up at the end. Okay. Yeah, had yeah, I gone I like three, did not know like, his three name. more names over, I would have seen Hannibal Burris. But I see like he's the number <laughs> fifth named person. I'm like, okay, so it was mistaken identity. He is little Ralph Howry. Jesse, it's fine. You're both right. You're both right. <laughs> also, important news for you. Hunter is more right. For you, well, actually, I'd say I'm more right because when you presented me with that evidence, I said you were wrong. So technically, I'm the best of all of them. Um, I still want to argue the Cleopatra crap. Can we go back to that? Cleopatra. Oh, with Tanner? <laughs> Mr. Tanner's not here. I would. No. I know. It's fine. Tanner also told me there were no dragons in Elder Scrolls Online as I, I was, was actively fighting, fighting a dragon. Yeah. I sent a screenshot. I said, what is this? I don't know, man. <laughs> that's what do you a, mean you don't know? That's a wyvern. He said that, and I was that's like, I don't man. think that's right. <laughs> I pull uh, up the history of Egypt, and I was like, that ain't right. <laughs> also, in uh, news that you can't dispute, Asa just sent this to me. They just announced VHS 99. They're doing another one. Ooh. Which was good, because VHS 94 was really good. Really liked it. So Yeah. I didn't watch VHS ninety four. It's on. It's on Shutter. I don't. We didn't watch it together. So unless you have Shutter, I don't think you watched it. I was gonna say I thought like I was for some reason I was thinking I had watched it with you, but maybe we decided. Well, Jesse, let me take you back to last Halloween when we were gonna watch VHS ninety four as a Halloween film. But what had happened is I did a little game show that I was so broken hearted over and depressed that I almost quit the show. I barricaded myself in my room for a couple of days and I watched VHS ninety four on my own because I was I needed to cheer myself up. That's why we yeah. didn't watch VHS ninety four together. I that remember sense. this. Oh ooh, those were the dark times. Anyway. <laughs> in the long, long ago. Un- unlike other 
Thursdays where we spend 40 minutes rambling and then get to the, the countdown and then spend an hour and a half on the countdown. We're just going to go to the countdown now. So, Lindsay, go ahead and tell us our top five for tonight. So, today we are doing top tonight. five quotes from anything that speak to us personally. Okay. Feed that inner madness, right? Sure. Lindsay, I can I tell you I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. Actually I'm gonna tell Jesse a story. So Jesse, um you yeah. know you, you know I have I have these uh I have a dating site that I'm still on. Mostly because I like to people watch and I don't have to talk to people, they talk to me. And and that's nice. I like the attention sometimes. Well, this person messaged me and was interested in my extracurricular activity. She was asking me about um, the show she asked me, uh, the big thing she asked about though, was the paranormal research. She's a college student in, in Carbondale. Um, so I, I'm telling her about it. She's asking me how it's done, you know, and every time she asked me about it, it's this long message. And she's, you know, she starts off by saying, I'm not judging you, but, and then she asks questions. She's not passing judgment, any of it. She's just asking questions. So I don't know why she keeps saying I'm not passing judgment on you. So we, we talked for like two, three days about the paranormal and paranormal research. And then the last message I got, <laughs> was this long novel explaining why this isn't going to work out, which I thought, well, that's good. I, I didn't want it to work out. But her reasoning was because she's too theoretical. And she literally told me, uh, I cannot, I, I, I don't have the patience to respect your opinion. Fuck. <laughs> so she was passing judgment the whole time. He told me this yesterday, and all I could hear is that Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones story of I yeah. cannot sanction your buffoonery. Like, that's all I can hear. I do not have the patience to respect your opinion. So normally you had become the face of her pain. That's yeah. what happened. There. I, I'm I'm used to hearing stuff like that about political stuff. You know, I, I have people all the time <laughs> tell me like I can't stand your opinion. I, I don't want to listen to your argument. But never have I heard that about like ghosts. Like my my hope that ghosts are real. I don't have the patience to respect your opinion. Holy shit! What does it mean that like, like she's a theoretical person? I, like, yeah, so does, like that. does this like bitch not, not actually, actually exist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fading in and out of existence. Like oh, it's like Marty McFly's it. hand in Back to the Future. Like it's sometimes she it just it's she's she's actually the fucking the Google AI. She's like let herself go on the internet. Like, now she wants to hear about ghosts. Maybe she I, thinks she's I fucking loved it. I'm gonna put that shit on a T-shirt. I love that. All right, I, you you need to post it to I like have the patience to respect, respect your, your opinion. R slash Tinder or some shit like. I, oh, it's not Tinder. I don't. I don't. I don't. Mess it doesn't with have it. to be. Yeah, no, just R slash Tinder is any dating app where there's chat. Oh, the the chat. My other my favorite thing I've ever done on one of those is I was talking to a girl, and again, I like to people watch. I don't have any intention to like meet these people or, or to to do anything. But I just, I, I like attention because yeah, everyone likes attention. And this one person was talking to me and I just, I'll never forget. She said, uh, do you have any other questions for me? And my reply was, yes. Is there a way to escape, uh, to escape the dungeon without using the wizard's key? And she, <laughs> <laughs> I did post that one in the r slash Tinder for the record. Uh, and it got upvoted. Okay, let's go. Top five. Top five quotes that speak to us on the Joker's level. Let's start with Jesse Kimball. The Joker's level. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my first one is going to be one that uh, I, 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 it's gotten brought up a whole lot, and that's fine. I'm going to do it again. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, he may have been your father boy, but he wasn't your daddy. 
Full Yondu. Cue the tears. Uh, yeah, the the short version of that is for people. You know, if, if anybody's new here, uh, my dad was a piece of shit. My stepdad was awesome. He died a few years ago. Well, Jesse, uh, your dad I, uh, used to be I, a piece of shit. No, I, hang on. No. I can I can confirm that Jesse dad was a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> he's still, he's still I, a I interacted with that guy a handful of times. <laughs> I can't confirm it. Yeah, he's an asshole. Uh, and anyway, so yeah. That, that that quote hit me real hard in the theaters. I was trying desperately not to ugly cry, mm-hmm. and I failed. And then, <laughs> then I was just a grown-ass man in a movie theater crying. Crying at a fucking comic book movie. <laughs> You're just no, I bawled my eyes out when I saw that, too. I still do. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I know it's coming, and I'm just yep. like, I'm gripping the edges of the couch like, oh, God, here comes tears. <laughs> and it starts five- earlier... <laughs> Five minutes before that, you got Batista rocking it into the stratosphere, going, "Ah, my nipples!" Like, <laughs> they, they try to, they try to counterbalance it. You know, it's just it doesn't work. It's a seesaw. Uh, it's, it's yeah, no, it's a, it's a roller coaster of yeah. emotions. You know, I start feeling crazy right about that moment because, like, like I said, it happens earlier and earlier in the movie because my brain's like, "Hey, that part's coming up," and I'm like, "Don't," and you just start just tearing up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm tearing up, but laughing at the funny parts. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same cadence, you know. <laughs> you get that awful feeling in the pit of your stomach because you know what's about to happen, and mm-hmm. you're gonna have to suffer through it. That's like uh, Han Solo yep. in Force Awakens. I saw that movie twice in theaters on the same day, and the second time I watched it with somebody who hadn't seen it, and I knew it was coming, and they didn't, and I'm just like gritting my teeth, going, "Oh, here it comes! No!" <laughs> we saw like, that movie for the <laughs> yeah. We saw that movie for the first time in uh, not IMAX. What is the what's it called? Omnimax. We saw it at the Science Center in St. Louis, and I remember as soon as they got out on the bridge, I went, "Oh no!" no. <laughs> No, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Nothing about this is good news. <laughs> and of course, it filled my entire field of vision, so I got to see it all just like, right I can't there. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't. There was nowhere to go. <laughs> Hunter not only saw part of his childhood be murdered, but he saw it everywhere, all around oh, him. Oh, yeah. It was special. <laughs> it was so Seven big. stories tall. I'm kind of curious about how many of these quotes are just going to be emotional wrecking. I'm curious about that. Let's keep it going. Shelby, what do you got? Like and equal are not the same at all. Said by Meg in A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, This is actually a politically charged statement whenever... What's her name? Uh, I can't say her last name to save my life. It's... uh, Where is it? Lang... Madeline Langle. Langle? Yeah. That's the author. But it was basically referencing, like, um, the rights of African Americans. Like, basically saying they can go to school like white people, but they are not equal to white people, and that is where this isn't right. Like, like and equal are not the same at all. That's deep. Mm-hmm. I feel like, what is the... Uh... I forget what movie it was, but the guy goes, that's heavy. That's it. Oh, it, no, you guys would never recognize this movie. I'm not even going to try. Well, I thought you were just going to do Back to the Future. You know what I'm saying? That's where my brain no. went. 
So you can have there's something wrong with the, the Earth's gravitational pull in 1985. <laughs> Everything is heavy. There is there's a little movie that was on HBO many many years ago. Shelby, just two seconds. I'm gonna get back to you. I have to explain it. Uh, it was called Hollow Point, and it starred uh, Tia Carrera, uh, I think Thomas Ian Griffith, and Donald Sutherland, and John Lithgow. And there's a part at the end where John Lithgow is making this huge speech. He's the bad guy. And meanwhile, Tia Carrera, she has this, uh, she presses a button and this thing like goes over his head, this huge like container. And he's making this big speech about God and stuff like that. And Donald Southern looks up at it and looks at him and goes, that's heavy. That's extremely heavy. And then they drop it on him and kill him. It's very funny. I, I kind of want to see that because John Lithgow as a villain is one of my favorite things. It's a yeah. good, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Oh. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, you can track yeah. it. Yeah. Shelby, that also reminds me of a quote that I didn't put on here because this was supposed to be entertainment, I think, was the rule. Like, a medium. No, it can be from anything. No, well, I didn't put it on here, but nevertheless, she persisted is a quote. Oh, that's not on anybody's list. That's that's a quote that always stuck with me. Just, I don't know. That just reminds me of that. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Anything else you want to say about that before I awkwardly shuffle? Uh, Fun fact. There is a going theory that it is from A Wrinkle in Time, because in the book it's referenced as capital I, capital T, is the same entity as Pennywise the Clown, which is why he is called It. Um, that it is just the great black nothingness of the culmination of your fears, because that's what he is. He takes the shape of your fears. So there, there's a theory that those two are connected, and that whenever they banished it in A Wrinkle in Time, it entered our... And now we have it. How, when was Wrinkle in Time written? I don't know much about it. Uh, hang on, let me check, because I don't remember. And then you add that to the fan theory that the uh, the Beldum Witch in uh, Coraline is also the same type of entity. Uh, it was originally published in 1962. That, so, that was before yeah. so it. In the 1960s yeah. was when African Americans <laughs> actually first started going into like universities with white students. So. Wow. Published on January 1st. That's kind of wild. I don't know why. Like, you know, and things have to happen on every day of the year, but just it's 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 kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah, New, New Year's, Year's Day. Day. New book. <laughs> Here you go. New, New Year, new book. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hunter, what's your first one? All right. My first one uh, is going to be from the only person who I think might get taken from me otherwise, because I'm trying to not use the same people over and over, too. Uh, but you know I was going to put uh, George Feeney on this I was list. just about to say Feeney's world. It? I'm not. I'm not going to use the the classic one as much as I love. Believe in yourselves. Dream. Try and do good. Um, this is one that has always stuck with me for whatever reason, uh, and I and I really like it. It is from late in the series. Um, there's an episode where uh, Jack, Sean's brother, has has kind of entered the fray. He and and Eric are roommates at college, and they're working together at like the the student cafe and. Uh, Eric gives away some money that's supposed to be deposit money from their job to this guy who says he promises he'll pay him back and all this. And it's a very naive move, but it's Eric believing in, you know, the good in people. And come to find out he's right in the process of it. He and Jack get into it. And Jack goes to Mr. Feeney, who has not never been his teacher up to that point or anything. But he's like, look, you seem to be the go to guy for this. I need to you know, try, try to get through to him. And Feeney basically convinces him. No, no, you don't. There's basically this is the reason Eric is the best of all of you because while he might seem naive, he's the kind of guy who's open to just the world and to people. And so he says to him, "See, it's not enough. 
Uh, this is the quote. It's, it's not enough to leave school and just desire to succeed in this cold, cruel world because then you've simply become a part of it. You must also have the desire to change it. And to change it, you need a fine mind and a good heart. And so that's his way of convincing him that, you know, sometimes you just have to trust people and sometimes you have to... to and again, sure enough, it, it pays off. Yeah, Eric is naive and it sometimes comes across as, as stupid, but he's also loyal and trusting. And, and so it's it's also Feeney kind of like putting his trust in him. He's watched Eric grow up. And yes, if you look at the series as a canon, get dumber, but also just become more like worldly and world wise of, of people, even if he's not that great at academia. So I always really like that one. I think as, as teacher things go for him, um, that's, that's one of those really good ways of summarizing everything he's been trying to teach them over, you know, seven seasons, however many years. So does it, well, you can't go wrong with Mr. Feeney. You really <laughs> like can't. Ever, Just about everything yeah. that dude says is like life goal worthy. <laughs> Especially because even even if it's not super serious stuff, I was looking through some others trying to see because those are the two that stick in my head, and there are some other things. Because uh, I read Bill Daniels' uh, biography back toward the beginning of the summer. And um, one of the ones I like that's that's just goofy from the show is early on when he's still, you know, throwing the kids into detention or whatever. And then he's walking past as Corey says something about them having detention. And he goes, oh, Mr. Matthews, detention is such a crude word. I like to call it hooked on Feeney. And he just keeps going. <laughs> like, it's, it's a good little sitcom. Bit. You know, he famously did show. not want to do that show at first because he did. He, he got uh, the script for it and was going to get on set to do it and was like, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who, damn it, the guy who directed the show. I can't think of it off the top of my head. He pretty much went to him and was like, I'm, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to be part of a show that makes fun of teachers when they're in enough dire straits as it is. You know, these people put their, their heart and soul on the line every day to, to educate youth. And he, <laughs> the director was like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. Like, that's not what we're doing. You are going to be as critical to this show as everything else. And so he convinced him um, in time, like, no, stick around because this is going to be good. And, and it worked. Nice. J- Jesse, do you remember the show Good Morning, Miss Bliss? No. That sounds familiar. It, it, it's it's what became Saved, Saved by, by the Bell. Bell. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, okay. For that piece of shit, Haley Zach Mills. Morris took over. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was I... in the original. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be completely trash. honest with you. I I didn't like Saved by the Bell. Uh, I just I like the theory that anytime he pauses and then students go missing after like their one time <laughs> in the show, that one scene, like, <laughs> they're gone. He was like, "No, nah, you're not. You're not important to my story." <laughs> Michael well, Jacobs was the guy I was trying to think of. He was the creator of that show, by the way. He is and, a piece and, of shit. Zach Morris. Uh, not Michael Jacobs. No, though, Zach Morris. Zach Morris. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hunter, <laughs> Zach Morris legitimately had the slick back hair. Um, yeah, he did. You yeah. know, he was wearing the white jeans. Yeah, probably eating steaks at lunch. Had a white couch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so my first one uh, is the only one that I'm afraid that could even possibly be taken. I am so confident in the rest of them. Not worried about it. But this one is one that I have used quite a bit in the past couple years, especially with all the things that have happened to me. And you know what it is, Hunter? You know what it is? It's Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, it's it's one of my absolute favorite quotes of all time from the only redeemable character I think in the over and even that they fucked him up in the end. But he says, "Let the past die, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become what you were meant to be." I know it's a Star Wars said, movie, but when you said you had a Star Wars one, by the way, real quick, I knew it was either that or it was the thief from um 
from the last Jedi. Don't live join. Free, don't join. Don't join. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was one of those two. No, this one, yeah. this one really resonates with me because like, if there's one thing and I'm not talking about one specific thing that I know everyone thinks I'm talking about, uh, just my life in general, I have a hard time letting go of the past. I have a hard time letting go of the past. I still blame myself for both my parents' deaths. I still blame myself for all the bad things that have happened to Lindsay in life. I I I have a hard time letting go of the bad things that I've done or that I think I've done, even if I never did them myself. So even though I can't live up to this quote because I'm really not good at it, it's what I aspire to do. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become what you were meant to be because I always feel like I am on the precipice of something great. There's this breakthrough coming where I'm going to be this super important, influential person that can do good and help other people if I can just let go of these things that are holding me back. And even though I haven't figured out how to do that yet, one day I will. And this Kylo Ren quote just kind of is all of that for me. So... I love that quote. I love Kylo Ren. I'm not ashamed to say it. In a movie of ridiculousness, it's a really deep, deep quote. So, And then right after that, Leia flies through space. The, well, the only thing that has ever bothered me about that is that, like, of all people, he's in, almost incapable of taking his own advice until, like, the last 15 minutes of the last movie because this is the guy who was worshipping Darth Vader. Well, this is the guy who idolizes someone who is long since dead. But that's that's part of why I like it, legitimately, is because I agree with you. It's like he can't follow his own advice. He says it because I think he's trying yeah. to convince himself of it, just like I try to convince yeah, myself he, of hey. it all the time. In that moment, like I think he believes that he has done that, even though right, yeah, he obviously hasn't, yeah, because I mean, it, I mean, he killed Han. <laughs> I've told, yeah, I've told you before that that's part of the reason I like Polonius so much as a character in Hamlet because this is a guy who, who <laughs> the first time that he's introduced, uh, gives his son all this advice, all this advice which he himself is not following, uh, and then and then has the audacity to end it with brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, basically calling himself an idiot because he just spent two pages like giving all this advice and repeating himself over and over. So yeah, I do. I, I guess I do kind of like that little juxtaposition of like, you know, here's this great piece of advice. Will you do it? And then it's just that meme of the guy just sitting there and then, then his eyebrows narrow. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. All right, Lindsay, what do you got? My first one is from one of my favorite things in the world, Fraggle Rock. Son of a bitch. And it is Cantus Fraggle. He just has great, great quotes. But the one I chose is, there are no rules, and those are the rules. One, just the (laughs) basicness of life in general. But when he's actually giving the quote, it's about finding your true self type of thing. Like, there's there's no set way to find yourself. You just kind of do. (laughs) But that's a rule. He said there were no rules. Yeah, there is no rules, the, and that's the rule. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's the absurdity of it in its own. My version of that as a kid was uh, the Calvin and Hobbes. It's it's them playing Calvin ball. Well, how do you play? How we make up the rules as we go along. Then how do they matter? That's the fun part. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> like you just make it up. I find that old school kids cartoons and like Muppets and Fraggle and all that have so like much adult, like really deep meaning that no one ever thought about when you're a kid because you're a kid and you're stupid. You just like to see puppets and they, sometimes they make funny jokes and they look they look funny. But there there's a lot of depth in that and I I think Jim Henson was a big part of that because that that dude was uh, he was special. 
I mean, the whole point yep. of Fraggle Rock, the whole reason he made it was he wanted to teach a whole generation that you should accept everyone and help make steps towards world peace. Like, that's literally what Fraggle Rock was made for. That explains the giant trash monsters, because that's America. <laughs> <laughs> it's just giant but piles of trash. But the trash he gave the wisdom. <laughs> so it's strong. Well, there's definitely wisdom to be found. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get worse the longer it goes. All right, let's go back to Jesse. All right. Uh, so just like you could easily make an entire list using Feeny quotes, uh, I, I can do the same. Thing. Like You could also do it with Uncle Iroh from Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I left Feeny alone because the new Hunter was going to be here. I figured Tan would probably be <laughs> here, so I didn't put any Feeny quotes on there because I didn't want him taken. But I didn't think anybody would do any Iroh. Um so th this one, there is nothing wrong with a life of peace and prosperity. I suggest you think about what it is you want from your life and why. Like that's that that one has been like kind of big in my life, just in general. Especially like you know, I I, uh, I grew up uh, like a, a gifted kid. Like I was always you know like you're super smart. You're gonna go on to do all these great and wonderful things and everything else. And I went to college and I'm living you know a, a roughly average life. And like that ate at me for a while because it's just like I, I'm, I'm clearly meant for something more than what I'm doing. Oh, that's and, that's our whole generation. We were all built up that like you can be whatever you want, and we all are just still kind of floating by. Especially that like the, you know the the biggest con that we got like in our age group anyway of just like you have to go to college or you will live an absolutely miserable life. Yeah, just and if you go to college, then. There will be a there will be a world of opportunity open to you sure. without you even having to try. That yeah, way. absolutely. I, I, I love the I love the analogy that's out there that our grandparents' generation were donkeys. Our parents were viewed as horses, and we see ourselves as unicorns. And it's just the viewpoints just get more blurred as to like potential and what's out there, as opposed to like originally it's like. <clears throat> make do so that you can survive the next one is like okay you're you have a good job you're providing extra stuff for the extras and then word is given you can do everything the sky's the limit man i i knew that shit was bullshit at a young age when i started to really think about it of like the college thing especially go to college find something that you like is is a hot thing everybody was everybody got into tech everybody got into computer programming and shit like that and i was like okay that's a good idea but then i thought that's a lot of people going for the same job there's not going to be, I'm not going to be as good as some of these nerds on this fucking, so I'm just going to do my <laughs> own thing. And I have done my own thing my entire life. Am I happy? No. That's it. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, I, that was Don't my entire, with that, Hilton. <laughs> so, that was my entire time, like, all through public school. Like, they're just like, you're going to go on to do great things. This is going to be great. Huh. And then, yeah, they, you know, they told us, like, make sure you get a high demand job so or a high demand career. And yeah, same thing, tech. So I was like, all right, well, I'll give me a degree in computer science. I like programming. We'll do this. I got a degree in computer science, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, you got two cats. You got a beautiful fiance. You got a good house. I sleep in a, in a race car bed. Yeah, and see, then this is where the IRO comes in. Like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the life of peace and prosperity. Like, I there's nothing wrong with my life right now. Okay, That's true. I mean, there, there are things, but, like, my life is fine. Like is. I, I, I am living a good life. There's nothing like it's cool. 
See, and that's just that was one of those things. Like it took me a really long time to accept that. Maybe we need to talk about that because, like, I am the opposite. I, I to this day, every day I get up, I think to myself, there is something more that I am meant to do, and I am unhappy where I am. And if if this is how life is going to be for me, if this is like my existence until the day I die, I would rather die tomorrow than live this way. Um, and again, I'm on the precipice of something. I just got to figure out what it is. I cannot live normal my brain will not let me i will not be happy but i don't think anything will ever make me happy i'm gonna chase ghosts not literally of course for the rest of my life until i just kind of die that's how i see it going so i am kudos to you for realizing that life can be enjoyed i mean that i'm happy to hear that and i wish i could follow the same advice <laughs> going right back to that kylo things like so do that yeah. <laughs> kill it if you have to it's yeah. Let's go on to Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Yeah. Hi. Uh, my quote kind of works with what we just said, but before I get into that, I'd just like to say that the Christian stuff is oh. actually going to trial. It hasn't been thrown out. Oh, hold on. Uh, we have breaking news from a senior Christian correspondent, <laughs> Shelby. Shelby, what's going on? What's going on with Christian? Uh, so it it everyone was like, hey, so this is going to get thrown out because he's been having to go to so many different mental health institutions. <clears throat> to get checked out and processed and they're like yep he's he's severely autistic and he needs a lot of help trying to figure out reality and like a lot of what he says is like he's definitely not grounded in reality but what he did was a crime but we can't quite figure out if it's actually real or not because his mother is in such an advanced state of age that she doesn't quite know what's going on and what's reality anymore so they Great. Yeah, so they're like, there's this weird, awkward, like, we're floating in no man's land right now with this. And then they finally made the decision of with how many things in his past have been going on and how many times he's had the cops called on him and has had to go to court for minor infractions that they are going to take this seriously and it is going to trial. He is one of those kind of people that, like, as awful as he is, and he is, I I truly believe that he got dealt a bad hand that he kind of took on himself don't get me wrong like he stayed on the internet but like it, with the severe autism that he has and not understanding social cues and all that as well as he you know nobody helped him out and he buried himself and no one rescued him they just they piled it on top of him to the point that like he is what he is now so i hope he gets some help i really do even though i kind of hate that person for what they are you know the racism the the sexism and all that like i hope they get help anyway let's go to your quote Okay. Or was that it? So was my, it about Christian? My quote is, whether or not you find your own way, you're bound to find some way. If you happen to find my way, please return it, as it was lost years ago, and I imagine by now it is quite rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I have to take a guess at this. You didn't say what, what it was from. This feels like a Gravity Falls kind of thing. Nope. Damn. Okay. You're not um, wrong. You're, you're but... not completely out of like that. Okay. Oh, part. can I take a guess? Can I take a guess? Um, um, oh, shit. It's that show with bubblegum. No, the, the gumball. Gumball. Amazing World of gumball. Oh, no, not the Amazing World of Gumball. Oh, I don't know. What is it? It is the Phantom Tollbooth. It is, again, my favorite book of all time, uh, which I found out it did have a movie. I just never saw it because it wasn't ever. Watched it in elementary school. It's yeah, an old well, movie. I never did because it never got to my school and then it, like for whatever reason when you search for that you only get like the 30th anniversary and up 
version of the book that comes up online. You never really get the movie unless you specifically say, hey, I want to see the movie. And then it's like, well, it's on Amazon for like 14 bucks or however much it was. <laughs> well, I'll be um, damned. Look at that. There was a movie. Now. Right? Huh. Uh, because that was actually one of my, I think every time we get to pick like your favorite book or your favorite thing you'd like to see as a movie or whatever it is, like I always throw that one out there. Um, but yeah, that that's one of my favorite quotes from it. That's another deep quote. That's a deep cut. I'm waiting for. I wish Tanner was here because I would love to know how many quotes he could pull from God of War or Assassin's Creed. You know, Tanner, if you're listening, Tanner, if you're listening, that's not a shot. There's a lot of really good quotes from video games. Yes. I don't have any, but yes, I'm sure I'm certain there are. What a horrible night to have a curse. <laughs> I was actually kind of surprised that I didn't have personally. any video games. <laughs> Hunter, you you now you go you say words. Okay, um, this is the only other one I thought might roll on somebody else's list, but I, I have liked this one for a while, and I think it's it's a good amalgamation of a couple of things. Agent K from Men in Black says, quote, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. He then goes on to say, and this is back to back, 1,500 years ago, everybody knew that the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat, and 15 minutes ago, you knew that humans were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. That's a good it's fucking such quote, a man. Just, and, and it's back to back. Like, it's all one thing he hits uh, Jay with, or the soon-to-be Jay, like, all at once. That movie is... is um, I don't think it gets enough credit for being more than just a blockbuster. Like it's so well written and, and it's just, um, and it holds uh, up the, the layers. Really oh movie. yeah. The layers of complexity to those scenes. Like we all laugh at the scene where Jay's trying to take the test in like the egg chair and can't figure out where to write. But not only is he the only one of the room smart enough to bring the table over to him, he offers it to everybody else. You know, he sees through all the crap from advance, the whole, you know, Captain America, you boy over there with honors and he has no <laughs> clue why we're here. You know, um, it's just, it's a lot smarter, I think, than it sometimes gets credit for. But that's my favorite part is just that I, I, I run into this all the time. You can, you can reason with a person. The moment that person gets back up or outnumbers you in any way, you are immediately in trouble. It does not matter how smart they are individually. As a group, the crowd is going to be a problem. And then to completely Mega. pivot to that, to that whole idea of, you know, there's, there's been a great many times over history that we knew things. We just knew this was the case and come to find out, you know, there was more to it than that. Um, I, I also think this is one of those that could be spun really nefariously of like, well, that's why we should never, you know, don't believe anything you're telling now. That's not it. Just, just be willing to understand that things evolve and change over time and that be we have to, to have an open mind. Evidence. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> have an open mind to how things can work. That's one of my best or my best arguments for the existence of the paranormal to people that say I don't believe in the paranormal. It's like, well, well Shannon, the real problem is I just don't have the patience to <laughs> respect, uh, respect opinion. your opinion. <laughs> just, just because we can't prove something right now and we, we can't understand or comprehend it doesn't mean that it's not true. You know, everyone says it's impossible. Ghosts are not real. Ghosts are impossible. God is not real. God is impossible. I'm not an atheist because just because you don't know it now and you can't measure it now doesn't mean that someday they won't figure out how to measure it. Because history and science has always taught us that, you know, there is always more to discover. 
there's nothing wrong with saying like this is something that you believe or this is something that you even like know to be true as long as you're willing to accept like you know you've asked me before several times regarding the paranormal like so what if like a ghost just popped up are you going to stay in denial or would you accept it's like absolutely i'll accept it's like that's a ghost i see it but there are some (laughs) people but there are some people that wouldn't there are some people you know that they they can't they they try to rationalize it like they're like no this destroys my entire outlook on life it's like no, it just changed mine. Like, it's like, like okay, the ghosts first, are real. The <laughs> first three, four seasons of X-Files, like a fucking UFO takes off and Mulder goes, Scully, did you see it? She goes, it was a weather balloon. Clearly. <laughs> like, come on, Scully, god damn it. It's just, you, saw you know, it. gas got trapped in a pocket from Venus. And, uh, <laughs> that weak ass excuse was the thing best me, thing Shannon? you come up with. Um, <laughs> so this, is, this is a quick one. I'll get it you out of the way. Nice dresses, some shoes. Anyway. And uh, <laughs> get your hair done, your makeup, because this, you know, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, this is from The Simpsons. I told Lindsay I cut out the first part of this quote because I think it's 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 not as important as the second part of the quote. But I'll I'll say the first part after the second the second part. Uh, the second part it's Millhouse talking to Lisa when Lisa is of uh, she's upset with him being interested in another girl. But Mil, you know, Lisa has historically always rejected Millhouse. And he finally finds someone he could be happy with. And this person that he, you know, has adored this whole time is now upset with him and fighting against it. And he says to her, the the final part of it and the part that I have on here is how miserable do I have to be before you're happy? The full quote is, you don't want me to be, you, you don't want to be with me. You don't want me to be with somebody else. How miserable do I have to be before you're happy? And like, I have, if ever I had a quote to God that's it is how miserable do I have to be before you're happy every time when your parents die, when your friends leave, when people leave you, when your cat dies, when all these terrible things happen to you, you know, sometimes I, I will ask God, how bad does it have to get before you're satisfied and, and you, you stop. I try not to feel sorry for myself in life because uh, you could say that I've been dealt an unfortunate hand in a lot of ways. I've had a lot of bad things happen to me, stuff that I it was out of my control. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about and I, and I try not to feel sorry for myself, but sometimes at my, my worst moments, I, I do. I say, how miserable do I have to be before you are happy? And uh, I haven't really got an answer on that. So, But I love that quote, and it's it's everywhere I want to be. So we'll just move on from that and go on to Lindsay. Good quote. It is, yeah. from fucking Millhouse. Everything's, yeah. com- everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lindsay. So this one was brought to my attention while I was in college. I had found a VHS of My Little Pony and Friends, which was a TV show I watched a lot when I was a little kid, and one of the segments on it was Glow Friends. And there is a character called Doodlebug, and he is showing another one of his friends a sculpture that is basically two hands on a pivot that picks up a rock, switches sides, and drops the rocks on the exact same pile again. To which he says, the sculpture's message is work is useless. <laughs> As a college kid, that just completely, like, yes, this is adult life. Everything we do is completely useless. I um, I, I feel like I use this phrase a lot without saying too much about my day-to-day. Uh, a common piece of advice that I have thrown out is that we do not, we're not using the phrase dream job anymore, all right? We do not dream of labor. And what I mean by that is not that you cannot, I think it goes like hand in hand with this, not that you can't want to really do something, but what we want to do typically is create and produce and help people. Um, 
this whole like nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody ever wanted to fucking work. This no. is not new information. No one has ever wanted to. Plus, well, if you enjoy what you're doing, doing, it's not work. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know I, I also kind of try to debunk that whole you know oh, find something to, that you like to do and you'll never work a day in your life. That's just that's flat bullshit. out not true. Because you're There's gonna- no way. I loved working at Gaming Grounds. Yeah, Yeah, and I was so fucking tired of it by the end of it. I I wanted it dead. Anything you were obligated to do will eventually become tedious. And that's that's why I don't want it to become pessimistic of like you're never going to find the perfect job. But that's because the the perfect job doesn't exist. Right. What you need to do is find something that will make you. Money. And th- that will keep you happy enough and that will make you money. Yeah. And a lot of times just the making the money is what's going to yep. make gonna make you happy, you know. The minimal uh, makes the, you feel fulfilled. I guarantee yes. you. And that's a real thing. I guarantee you there is a porn star tomorrow that is going to go to a set and the hottest woman you've ever seen is going to take her clothes off and say, okay, let's have sex. And he's going to go oh, and check his watch and say, yeah, yeah, I got time for this. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what job you have. Eventually, I mean, it just grows monotonous. Everything yeah. is monotonous eventually. So why people break Any up, obligation, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter how much you like it. And, like, that's that's what I always talk about, like, with jobs and stuff in general. Because, yeah, I long since, like, gave up on the idea of, like, you know, that never work a day in your life bullshit. Like, it's, it's just flat out not true. Yeah. Find something that, like, Find something that you can use to support your life and support your hobbies outside of work. That's where you're going to find fulfillment. But yeah. if it's a job that you don't absolutely hate, that's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, whatever you can find that lets you work as little as possible, uh, that allows you the most amount of time away from there and able to support yourself financially, that's where that's the sweet spot. Amen to that. Don't join. It's a good. It's good advice. <laughs> don't join. Jesse, hit me up. Number three. Make it a good three. Uh, this one actually kind of goes along with my last one. Um, so this is from Rick and Morty. Uh, nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. Come watch TV. Uh, the, the setup for this in a previous episode, Morty basically ended their world. Cronenberg the shit out of it. Yeah, they, that's what they actually called it. They Cronenberg yep. the world. Uh, so like. Rick and Morty found, or Rick found a universe that was identical to theirs, except that right at that moment, their Rick and Morty died in a lab accident. So they just popped in, took their spot, buried their bodies, and now Morty is like, you know, having this like existential crisis. But then it goes on to like he kind of deals with it pretty quick after burying himself. And now this Literally. is the, the <laughs> yeah, this is the the uh, interdimensional cable episode and. Now you have Summer dealing with this existential crisis of like, well, what the fuck does this even matter if, you know, our parents are both happier in a world where they didn't have me? And yeah, the Morty's basically trying to talk her down like nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. And yeah, because he uh, he points out that his dead body's in the backyard. So just watch TV. Watch TV. Yeah, like you like it's just like you just got to live life got to go with it yeah that's all you got yep it's all anybody's fucking got shelby you can't oh no don't go ahead no finish that thought it's the same shit with like are you like you can't you can't be worried about it i feel like i'm like especially after shannon gave his quote now i feel like i'm directing all this shit at him <laughs> uh, like, uh, <laughs> like you, you this, can't, is, this is actually a stealth this intervention is an intervention <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, like, you know, you, you can't like dwell on this shit of like, you know, what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Like, what is, what is life supposed to be for me? Like, it's, it's life. You just got to do it. Like, that's why I take chairs to the face, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shelby, something, fix this. Uh, fix I don't the know timeline. This is going to fix. <laughs> uh, miracles, contrary to popular belief, do not just happen. A miracle is the achievement of the impossible, and it is only when we put aside our greed, anger, pride, and prejudice so that our minds are open and ready to accept it that a miracle can occur. Uh, Lindsay's got the book, it looks like. Nope, she's messing with Pokemon cards. I thought she had the book for the quote, and she was going to pull it out. I was like, no. if she does, that's amazing, because I have it here, and it's like a really old copy. It's from The Last of the Really Great Wang Doodles by uh, Julie Andrews Edwards. You always have, really you always have the like you and Lindsay both always have the most obscure references. I only know Lindsay's, and I, I don't mean obscure in a bad way. I just mean like very unique. I I know Lindsay's only because I've known Lindsay for thirty years at this point, and she and I know each other like the back of our hands. But um, you two are very similar in that respect because I picked Millhouse, for the record. <laughs> I, I picked Morty. <laughs> 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 so the, the last of the really great wing doodles and you know a wrinkle in time and the phantom toll booth are three books that really shape the way i look at the world and how i think and a lot of my reasoning and dealing with life uh, to a point where my family used to think that i just didn't give a shit and i was like well it, honestly most of the time it doesn't really matter you're gonna weather this storm come out the other side and either you're going to be better for it or you're just going to have a different view. But either way, you're going to come out the other side. Yep. This storm isn't going to drown. You're going to make it. Oh, you don't. Either way. Either way. But yeah. Life no, goes on. Yeah, storm's going to come. You right. can't really stop it most of the time. It just, you know, That's keep your head up, basically. It's it's not nearly as eloquent of a quote as what you just did. But it, it has the same feeling for me of, you know, we're talking about King of the Hill uh, a while back. King of the Hill the episode where Boomhauer finally falls in love and he gets rejected by the girl. And, you know, he's depressed through the whole thing and nobody can help him until the very end, Bill grabs him and, and pulls him aside and basically says, you know, there's a train of there's a train of hurt coming toward you and there's nothing you can do to get out of the way. You just have to take the hit and then stand back up is basically what he said. And, and that's absolutely true. It was like the storm, all the awful things are going to come no matter what. Just being afraid of it is not going to change it. So you survive, you endure, and you move on. Yeah, there's a there's another good quote from Last of the Really Great Wayne Doodles that actually is uh, based hand in hand with what we were just saying, and it's if you remain calm in the midst of a great chaos, it's the surest guarantee that it will eventually subside. And that was a real close second, but I picked the miracles because everyone's like, oh, you know, it's a miracle, it could never happen, and it's no, just open your mind and you'll see that miracles do occur, but it's only when you're open minded and receptive of these ideas that miraculous things can happen that also that also kind of reminds me of that that anecdote and shannon you and i have used it a lot lately with that uh, you know the guy who keeps asking god to help him win the lottery and god finally goes dude you gotta buy a ticket <laughs> you have to help yourself i i can try to help you but you got to be part of this too like, or the the guy out at sea and uh boat you know pulls up to him and says hey get in he goes no god will save me and then you know the yeah. coast guard comes up and says hey get in he's like no god will take care of me he dies and he's like god why didn't you help me i sent you a boat i sent you the coast guard, <laughs> the coast guard? Like, what, what do you want from me man 
All right. Double H. Uh, okay. Uh, at the end of the first season of True Detective, um, Russ Cole, which is Matthew McConaughey's character, and for the life of me, I can't remember Woody Harrelson's character, are having this conversation. Cole's in a wheelchair. He's injured uh, in the wake of all the things that have happened, and they're having this really existentialist conversation about the sky, about these stories that Cole used to tell himself as a kid, living in Alaska, looking at the night sky, and talking about how dark it was, and he's like, it's really the only story. It's the oldest story. It's light versus dark. You know, every story we make up is some version of that. It's the oldest thing. And uh, Harrelson says something about how the dark has a lot more um, territory, has a lot more, you know, advancement on the other. And then they kind of laugh a little bit about it. And he's like, yeah, I guess that's true. As they're ending that last episode, Cole says, you're looking at it wrong, the sky thing. And he goes, what do you mean? And Cole says, well, once there was only dark, yes, me, the lights went in. He talks about the stars that are appearing, and I love that because it's such a it's such a different way of flipping that on its head. Okay, if if the oldest story really is, you know, everything to some form or fashion is light versus dark, it's easy to get caught up in the fact that darkness has a lot of of the the uh, territory, but the light wasn't there at first. Now it is, like slowly but surely, it is it is changing that. Um, I I really I really like that. That's just to me a really good message of hope. Um, one of, of looking at when things are kind of down at their worst, how they can get better. Um, hey, remember when we were talking about uh, pointing things at Shannon? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't do the voice. Hey, we all got a different prompt than what you did. <laughs> Post-online um, intervention for Shannon. <laughs> But that's that's one that I'm not gonna lie to you. I actually forgot about, and then I went back and found out. I, I've had it on my Facebook for a long time, and just forgot because they don't show that like on your profile anymore. But it was still kind of hidden in there. Um, and I, I remember, you know, the the following seasons of True Detective have never been as good as the first one. Uh, they've been good, but that first one was just so good. Yeah. And then it ends on that note. If I remember correctly, those are the last lines of the last episode of the first season. And it's just like it's such a if you go watch that 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 season, it's such a good summation of everything that just happened. It's so easy to get caught up in like this is pointless, this is hopeless. They've got us beat. Yeah, isn't though because you know those pinpoints of light are are more and more becoming more prominent. So, for the yeah. record, for the yeah. record, uh, in relation to Shannon, <laughs> you're talking to a guy who lost his family, lost his parents, has has really been dragged through the mud by life. And I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing this podcast. I got my fans. I, I go out there. I There's a lot of people that would tell you, Shannon, you're one of the best people I know. You help everyone. You are selfless. You will do anything to help. And so I'm not doing so bad. Now, on that note, here's another sad quote about my life that, that I relate to my life. <laughs> no, no, this one... I don't have anything deep for this one other than I just love... I saved my two deepest ones for the end. This one, I just I have always loved this quote, and I think it's it's really accurate. And I, I like to pick like the most meaningful quotes from the weirdest places, like like Jesse with Rick and Morty. Like I thought that was really good because you know I don't think of Rick and Morty as particularly deep, but you can find these deep cuts there that you know um, really uh, are hidden. Well, this one is from fucking Transformers. And this has always been one of my absolute favorite quotes. It's Optimus Prime. He says, fate rarely calls upon us at a moment of our choosing. And I've always loved that quote because every time I've, I've ever like 
wanted to do something and I've wanted it to work and it doesn't work. And I always think, you know, why, why, why isn't this happening or whatever? It's because like, you don't get to decide some of these things. You don't get to decide when fate calls upon you. Fate decides when that is. And it's not always when you're ready for it. Like, you know, someone has a kid, they're not, they're not ready for it. Or someone loses parents or something like that. You know, I mean, anytime you have these really big things happen to you in life, it's never on your schedule. It just does it when it wants to, and then you just have to fucking pick up and keep going with it. It's what Shelby was talking about earlier. That's life. That that is life. It just happens, and you just go with it. And fucking Optimus Prime knew that. So why these Republicans out there can't get their shit together? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he died for our sins. That's why we have Amazon Prime Day. All right, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you appreciate that meme? I did. I liked it. Thank you. All right, your turn. So do you guys remember a little film called Angus that came out in the late 90s? I do. Yeah. Uh That movie hit me pretty good when I was in high school, and it had to this day has one of my favorite quotes. There is no normal. Yeah. Straight Sorry, I was waiting for more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's, that's, that's no there's, there's a wonderful rant that he goes on in it about normal people making everyone else feel like trash and garbage, basically. But the the long and short of it is there just is no normal. Like, no. just be who you are and... To an extent. Yeah, as long as you're not infringing on anybody else's ability <laughs> right. to do the same thing. Right. Like, just... just uh, I think that's another good example of stuff that I feel like I, I say um, often as I give advice in my workplace in Elder Scrolls. of like, yeah, yeah, that's where it is. Um, people get this idea into their heads that, and especially in these small towns that like, all right, I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to go uh, get a job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have two kids. We're going to buy a house. We're going to buy a camper. We're going to go camp. We're going to get into fights and get divorced, and I'm going to die. Like that's, that's this is what the, they've grown up this with. This is the deal. This is small, the small town way. <laughs> yeah, this is all they've ever seen, and that's what they're going to do. And it's like, okay, but just because that's what you know is normal doesn't mean it's good. Normal is not a normal is only a state of mind that exists in every individual person. Normal is the most the most objective phrase, I think, yeah. uh, subjective, subjective phrase, I said it wrong. It's like the most subjective thing ever. No one has the same definition of it. As a matter of fact, uh, the first Ms. Marvel, uh, collected issues called no normal. And they use that line in the last episode, uh, of the series that there is, there, there really is no normal. Like that's just not a thing. Normal is the reason, uh, part of the reason why this country is in such fucking dire straits because to old white people, christians normal is what it was in the 50s 60s and, and you know with, with that's what they want to go back to. that's what like, they that's you know? how you make america great again that's how you make it normal is is but that that's that was normal for you man normal for a lot of other people was a lot worse yeah. no mm-hmm. anyway that's not another time nor place all right let's go back to show nope jesse it's jesse <laughs> all right um i so i had to do at least two iro quotes and you're you're welcome for not doing five Uh, (laughs) it is usually best to admit mistakes when they occur and to seek to restore honor so those of you that have known me for a really long time know that this is something that i i have struggled with pretty much my entire life i hate being wrong yes i mean nobody nobody likes being wrong yeah but you really hate it i i to an extreme degree for a lot of my life i really really hated being wrong 
and, uh, you know, admitting my mistakes and stuff like that. And over the last like 10 years or so, I, I have made great strides towards like letting stuff go, uh, admitting that I fucked up, admitting that I was in the wrong, admitting that somebody else was right. All things that I struggled with a whole lot. And like, <laughs> it actually started a lot with Iroh. Cause I mean, that was, uh, the last time, like they added, uh, that was the first time they added the last airbender to Netflix. And I was like, man, I liked this show a lot when it was airing. And then I watched it again on Netflix. And I was like, God damn, this is one of the best shows I've ever fucking watched. And I love Uncle Iroh. <laughs> I, uh, I only and yeah, that line just, it's so good. Like the first Sorry, season, I couldn't camp- get into it, Jesse. <laughs> it's fine. The first season is a little campy and I'll admit that it's kind of hard to get into, but if you make it through the first season, Oh my god, it's such a good fucking show. I don't know if she still listens to the show, but I know Maria absolutely loved Avatar, and she loved Iroh. I mean, she was all about that, so I, I do have some experience. Yeah, that, that quote just really resonated with me, because it's like, yeah, I know, I, I, need, I need to do that, because I know like it was actively damaging relationships with friends. Like People put up with it because we were friends, but like I, it, it's an annoying habit. And yeah, like that's it's just something I needed a lot of work on. And thanks, Iroh. You're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I I legitimately have a lot I want to say about that and the whole forgiveness and asking people forgiveness. But I really think it'd be best for everyone if we just moved on from that and went to Shelby. <laughs> uh, my next one is probably the most famous quote from Lydia from Beetlejuice. However, the most quoted part is the end of this, but I like her entire quote where it says, well... I've read through that handbook for the recently deceased. It says, live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> yes. I love that quote of hers, too. Is that from the movie or the cartoon? That's from the movie. movie. It's been a yeah. long time since I've watched the movie. I myself yeah. am strange I don't, and unusual. When Bart I don't think the cartoon ever uses the no. book, no. does it? In the cartoon, no. it's just basically understood that, like, she can see him. Everyone can see him. They understand yeah. their friends, and it's just a fun, wacky misadventure all the time. Right. But in the movie, this is when Barb asks her, "You can see us?" And she's like, "Yeah, I can see you." And she's like, "Well, no one else can see us." And then she explains, "Well, you know, they say, you know, the quote in the book says that the that they ignore the strange and unusual, and I'm strange no. and unusual." So I sometimes forget that Beetlejuice is the bad guy in the movie. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. He's very much the bad guy because oh, you know yeah. the, the cartoon. I mean, he's, he's he's handy there for a little bit toward the end, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> well, he he tricks a a thirteen year old girl into tri- almost marrying him, yeah. so that he doesn't have to be stuck in the neither world and get thrown on into the sandworms. Yeah, uh, that's, not, that's return, not a good look. He's going to exercise the annoying humans out of that house so that Lydia can live peacefully with Barb and Adam and not have to be subjected to. Delia and Charles is weird. Like, hey, you're going to be a normal kid here. Which is really weird because in the cartoon, like, yeah, it's been forever since I've seen it, but if I remember correctly, the cartoon, Beetlejuice, I mean, they were just friends. They were buddy-buddy. <laughs> and in the movie, they were not that. They were the exact yeah, opposite. Very much, yeah, they were they were buddies going on, like, buddy Wacky adventures. adventures. <laughs> like, little beetles, like little hand-drawn beetles. Oh, That's God, just I- small circle, long circle. Sticks for <laughs> my, favorite my favorite though thing. is for their friend anniversary. Whenever he goes out and they have, they got each other gifts, and she gets some cufflinks that are like little bitty lips that are just like. She's he goes oh just what I needed a new pair of pants. 
What? <laughs> no. I don't understand. All right. It's, just, it's puns. It's full of puns, and I love it. And I, I, everything about that cartoon is just amazing. And I have it on DVD, so I can watch it whenever I want to. I loved that cartoon as a kid. I even had the game, which was awful. It was an LJN game. But it was an LJN game made by Rare. A lot of people don't realize, which, you know, That's Rare is not perfect. Rare made some good games. Yeah, Still but, got a couple of the, like, them. Happy Meal toys from Arby's. <laughs> Never had any. No. Love Lydia. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's go to Hunter. Me. <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the only goofy one on my list and that's gonna make this go really fast. Jesse and I were talking about the movie Easy A uh, a while back ago. Um Mr. Griffith, who's played by Thomas Hayden Church at one point in time, sums up my feelings on social media very easily. It says, quote, I don't know what your generation's fascination is with documenting their every thought, but I can assure you they're not all diamonds. Roman is having an okay day and bought a Coke Zero at the gas station. Raise the roof. Who gives a rat's ass? <laughs> um, that's, that is... That is legitimately one of my, my all-time... Fa- like I can't watch that without cracking up. And yeah, it's just... God, I look back every time I have to look at my Facebook memories. I look back at all the dumb stuff. Like when I was in radio and it was like, okay, I've got to, I need to post something on these three or four different pages every day, all the time. I got to come up with something to say, none of it, none of it was good. All of it was dumb. And, and it just, it makes me think like, and there are people who still feel like they have to do that in yeah. more and more dumb ways. Like Snapchat is legitimately just, I'm going to take a picture of the, top half of my face in the room i'm in just to keep the streak going i think it's it's because so many people see all the, they see these social media influencers and how like tiktok and shit like that is so big business now and everybody wants uh, to do it that's why i got into podcasting because i thought podcasting off of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, i thought podcasting was gonna make me rich i'm like this is the new wave of the future that fucking <laughs> tiktok came and fucking ruined everything except yeah. now china's using tiktok to steal all of your photos uh, I think Kaz would come on and be like, hey, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Why? I think he's actually said that before we talked about uh, TikTok. I'm pretty sure he, there was an argument about TikTok once. I may be wrong, so I don't want to, I don't want to misquote that and get that wrong. Because yeah, I, I like, because I know a lot of people like misinterpret that as like China's just seeing everything that people are posting to TikTok. Yeah, but that's not the issue. You give the app permission to get to your files and your, like, all sorts of shit on your phone. That's lots of apps, and, though, to be fair. No, nah, it's really true. It's just this one happens to be majority owned by a Chinese corporation that's actively using that data against us. Is it Tencent? Uh, it's not Tencent, is it? They, it's Tencent. Is it the ones that own it? I think so. I'm looking it up. They're the ones, they're the ones that have their finger in, like, every pie and everything. But they really they're, like, do. majority. Yeah. yeah, but they're, like, majority shareholders of TikTok. They're like the uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, just getting. Yeah, they're they're really getting they in go. on everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like there's a big drama in golf right now because of Saudi Arabia. Like, well, when I think of golf, I think of Saudi Arabia. Hunter is gone, so I'm assuming that is his pick, and I'm just gonna go ahead because <laughs> we're at an hour and twenty five. So, uh, the we're on the last two, right? All right, yeah. Yes. So I'm, I know Hunter can still hear me, and he's going to appreciate this because he's going to know this quote, and so, and so would Kaz. Um, this is probably my second favorite quote just of all time. It's from The X-Files, 
more more uh, importantly, it's from my favorite episode from the X Files of Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Which, if you don't know the story, it's about uh, a, a teenage couple who break down on the, on the road one day and they think they're abducted by aliens. So Mulder and Scully go to investigate it, and you see it from different perspectives, like the same story from different perspectives. And there's a writer named Jose Chung, played by Charles Nelson Riley, who is documenting all of this for his book. And you go through the entire story, and you never really find out what happens. Like it's it's still kind of vague in the end. Because even asked at the end, he asked Mulder what what happened to those kids, and Mulder says, "How the hell should I know?" And then at the end, he's doing his you know epilogue. He's he's basically laying it all out. And the final quote of the story, and my my other favorite quote, how Shelby said she had two for the one. I also have two for this, and one leads into the other because the very end of the the story is they they have this this alien encounter, and the girl from this story. She goes on to like try to help humanity. She she is encouraged to like save people and to do all these great things for people. But the boy that she was with is just in love with her. That's all he wants is her. So at the very end, you see him throwing rocks at her window. She thinks it's an alien, and when she looks outside, it's him. And she's like, "What do you want?" And he says, "You know, I, I just want you to know I still love you." And she says, "And this is my other favorite quote: is uh, love is that all you men think about?" And then she shuts the door on him. Super fucking sad. And then that leads into the final quote from Jose Chung. And this is my pick. It's, uh, then there are those who care not about extraterrestrials searching for meaning in other human beings. Rare or lucky are those who find it. For although we may not be alone in the universe in our own separate ways on this planet, we are all alone. That is my favorite X-Files of all time. And just that, that idea that we are all and in the end, we are all alone. We're on our own. People die, people leave. And the only thing that you have is yourself. And that, that took a long time for me to learn. I relied on too many other people for too long. Um, it's, it's a little lonely and it's scary, but you know, you, if you want to survive, you got to have it. So, yeah, X-Files. Okay, Lindsay. Here's some simple advice. Always be yourself. Never take yourself too seriously. And beware advice from experts, pigs, and members of parliament. That is from one Kermit the Frog. <laughs> you got you got frogs kissing pigs over there. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly on that, the part about not taking yourself too seriously. I love Kermit. always. It's, I love Kermit. It's such a dumb thing, and it's a it's a Muppets thing. It's not Kermit, but I. <laughs> I would never put this on the list, but I always think it's funny. It, well, okay, it is Kermit that's part of it. It's Kermit and Pepe going back and forth for, for St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, in terms of not taking yourself seriously, Pepe comes in and he pinches Kermit. And he's like, what'd you do that for? And Pepe goes, because you're not wearing green. And he goes, Pepe, I am green. And Pepe goes, yeah, well, you're not wearing clothes, and that's a problem, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite I, I, Muppets thing. It just sticks with me. I had a second Muppets one. It was Frank Oz, though. But he's like, every time the Muppets get sentimental or serious at any point in time, there's always another one to come along and blow them up. <laughs> that's good stuff there's there's a one of my favorite compilations on youtube i forget the exact name of it but it's just like kermit losing his shit it's just kermit over the course of the muppets <laughs> yeah just dealing with idiots and he's just losing his patience because kermit's always like the the friendly everyman like everyone loves kermit but when kermit gets pissed that motherfucker explodes with anger yes. 
All right. Well, what's worse? What's worse? What is it Fozzie says in the Muppets movie? What's worse, Kermit? You know, uh, kidnapping Jack Black or temporarily inconveniencing or whatever it is. And he's like, kidnapping Jack Black. That's worse. That's the worst one. Oh, oh. I love everything about that whole sequence, though. With Jack Black, like, take two to the chair. <laughs> Just love Kermit. All right, Jesse, last one. Let's get this over with. All right, this is these are kind of like this is two quotes that kind of go together, but they're from very different places. Uh, so the first one, uh, so somebody might recognize the song. Uh, Tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain. You are young and life is long, and there is time to kill today. And then one day you find ten years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. It's a uh, Pink Floyd's time. This was one of those things. My uncle's favorite band of all time is Pink Floyd, and this was this was when I was in I think like graduating high school, like some shit like that. Like you know, he was like, you know, some of the the only real wisdom that I can impart to you is, you know, we've we've always told you that you shouldn't wish your childhood away because you're gonna miss it when it's gone, Amen. and it goes faster than you think. And as you get older, faster time goes, and you need to just be aware of know how you're using your time and he like he hit me with that line like nothing is more true from anything pink floyd has ever written than this line here suddenly you're just going to look at it like 10 years 10 years are gone and it's just going to keep getting faster and faster and faster so make sure that you use your time the way you want to use it your time is extremely valuable to you uh so that's that's something that stuck with me for a really long time and then uh just to kind of ha ha uh, just to kind of go with that, uh, this is something that Asa hit me with. Uh, it, he, it was attributed to John Lennon. I found out that John Lennon was not the person that said this, but time you enjoy wasting was not time wasted. And that's also really important because I, I was stressing myself out pretty hard with like uh, when I was working three jobs and I was doing like 70 plus hours a week. Anytime I got home, instead of doing anything productive or anything that I wanted to do, I would just sit and watch TV. Like, I wouldn't play video games. I wouldn't do anything else that I wanted to do or enjoy doing. Like I would just sit and watch TV or like just fuck around or, you know, play video games, whatever. And uh, like, I would complain about that. Like, you know, I'm lazy at home. Like I never do anything. And then Ace was like, dude, you work harder than like anybody I know right now. You were always doing something. And then, yeah, he hit me with that. And I was like, okay. And then I started quitting jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and you're better for it. Yeah, like I, it helped my mental state tremendously. Mental state. Uh, who needs it? All right, Shelby, last one. <clears throat> there is a theory which states that if ever anyone discovers exactly what the universe is for and why it is here, it will instantly disappear and be replaced by something even more bizarre and inexplicable. There is another theory which states that this has already happened. <laughs> This is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, isn't it? Absolutely yeah, is. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. It that's was. what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, character I was just, that? I just really like that because I'm like, huh. Or was that just the book? What, what comes after this? <laughs> was, was that was that a character that said that, or was that like just? 
It's the narrator, isn't it's it? The it's narrator. Just the, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the one I always like from him, I had to look and get the exact phrasing, is the, in the beginning, the universe was created. This had made many people very angry and was li- widely regarded as a bad move. <laughs> uh, yeah, the next, I think the next part of that was like, many were increasingly of the opinion that they'd all made a big mistake in coming down from the trees in the first place. And some said yeah. that even the trees had been a bad move and that no one should have ever left the oceans. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I didn't come from no monkey. I'm not desegenated. <laughs> you telling desegenated. me that I came from some sort of flightless manicotti? Yes. I need you to know. I need you to know how mad I get every time we come back in the cave and there's that fucking ostentatious billboard that says "In the beginning, God created," and it's just the red, like the Ghostbusters circle and red line through the evolutionary, like the, the dumb <laughs> evolutionary one, the one that's like the monkey and then a person. I'm like, no, you just don't even. <laughs> mm, no one is saying that anyway. Oh, just people, all some uh, people are idiots is the problem. Jesse, yes. all the times we would quote, "Oh, brother, where art thou?" and the, they's desegenated and all. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. oh, all right, Hunter, last one turned into a horny toad. We thought um, you was a. T- <laughs> Do not seek the treasure. Anyway. So this is probably the most serious one that I have. Um, I've got to look and then see what the series is that she wrote. Cause I haven't read the actual uh, like book series she's known for, but Ursula K. Le Guin, um, she wrote, what is this stupid series? I can never remember tales from earth. Sea. that's the one. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So she's the one who was like, people look back at what she wrote now. and go, this should have been what Harry Potter was like. Harry Potter's good. Don't get me wrong, but this is better written more, um, <laughs> deep's not the word I want, but it just has like, a, it's just better written overall. And it just didn't get the popularity that Harry Potter did, but it is, it is meant for a younger audience. She did, however, uh, Ursula K. Le Guin also write quite a few short stories. And there's one that she wrote called the ones who walk away from Amalus. Um, and the gist of it is it's kind of this philosophical short story. I may have talked about this here before where, where basically there exists, um, theoretically this utopian, society this place where you can go and everything is great and perfect and exactly what you would ever want um most people who get there who are there never question why because everything's perfect and they have no reason to question why everything's perfect so they just don't they just live in bliss and enjoy it some will question why but not seek too deeply the answer for that and ultimately they become the former people too but some even smaller still will seek out the answer to why everything is so perfect until they find the answer And they find that it's because one of them, and it must be a child, so they make the most, you know, innocent, um, meek of them, is tortured 24-7 to provide this utopia. That it only exists because this one uh, child is tortured at all times. Most of them still stay. Because they they fall back on the argument of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, right? If everyone else is having a great time and is 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 never in pain and everything's perfect, then you know maybe just this is what we need, and one person has to be sacrificed. But the title refers to the people who still look at that and go, "No, I won't. I won't settle for that. That if even one person is continuously unhappy, it's not worth the happiness of of others, especially in that way." And so it says, you know, those are the ones who are never seen again, the ones who walk away from this. Like, where do they go? A better place. 
Where is it? We don't know. So that's the story itself is great. Um, and it's a, it's a short story. It's not a big, long, in-depth deal. But the quote from it that I really like says, quote, The trouble is that we have a bad habit encouraged by pedants and sophisticates of considering happiness as something rather stupid. Only pain is intellectual, only evil interesting. This is the treason of the artist, a refusal to admit the banality of evil and the horrible boredom of pain. Um this is something I am constantly trying to impart to, and again, I will use the phrase co-workers. Uh, societally, we get it into our head that pain is some sort of virtue, and that being in discomfort and in disarray and being unsatisfied and unhappy makes you smarter or better than other people. I've suffered through all this. I went through all... And that's... It's just not... It's just not the way it's meant to be. This is not some achievement to constantly be in a bad state of the way that the world is, to constantly feel like you have to be uh, in pain to mean something. Those are the things we deal with to get to the goal. Shannon's already grinning because this is... <laughs> there it is. Yeah, Tales from Mercy. Um, I didn't know it was a film, too. That's a personal um, attack. Unfortunately, it wasn't translated very well. You, well, so, unfortunate. Show was a personal you and attack. I have had this discussion before, though. I have actually, I think I busted this out on you one time on that. Don't make I'm me tap that, the sign again. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that, that, yeah, it's, it's, we're not meant to suffer. We're not, we're not put here to, to be, um, in a bad way at all times. That the goal should be to get away from that, not to suffer through it and use it as our, our, um, it's a badge our of way honor. of existing. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the phrase I was looking for. Thank you, a badge of honor. So, um, I, and I say that on a personal level too because, like, it's been a long time since I've been that way. But I think of myself back in like my middle school and high school years, and, and of course, this is the rise of the new emo culture. Emo culture at that time, and I think a lot of us thought like, "This is it. This is the way I'm gonna get like." I'm going to make friends. I'm going to, you know, find my people is that we're all like suffering in a pain. And it's like, you're, are, are you really first of all? And secondly, why is that the goal? The goal is to get past those things. Again, it's, it's the horrible boredom of pain that pain is not intellectual. Um, and, and conversely, happiness is not stupid. Like that, that's the way that it should be. There's a lot of philosophical discussion about this because the argument generally is made that well because happiness is the end goal there's really not much to say about it this is why almost all stories you know literary or film or whatever are told on a basis of conflict mm -hmm. right that we have to go through something to get there but we somewhere along the way decided that the happy ending was was not um smart you had to earn it that it was yeah yeah it's it's like it's reserved for you know fairy tales and children's stories and i don't think it has to be that way um I feel yeah. I, I this this is one that that most personally hits me. I, so. I I don't know in what ways Hunter is personally attacking me, but I know <laughs> he is. And, uh, I, I I am not, but I am absolutely speaking to anyone who thinks that way. Like again, it's a bad habit, and it and it is encouraged by people who who have gone through that trauma and never made it out the other side for whatever reason. And so they decide that this is like Jesse said, this is the badge of honor. I'm going to wear this now as like, well, I'm, I'm intelligent and, and powerful and strong and important because of these things. No, you're, you're all those things in spite of the thing that you went through and not and, because of it. 
in my defense, uh, whatever I've gone through and all the things that I feel and all the bad things, I specifically, when I talk to people, is to push them away from that. Is to push them away from feeling the way that I feel. Because I don't think anyone should feel this way. I agree with you. Um, and I also, it goes back to that whole Kylo Ren thing of, here's the guy giving out the great advice that can't take his own advice. Or, or that mentally thinks he is, but isn't actually doing it. So I don't think anyone should live in, in misery. I, I don't want anyone to live in misery, no. for the record. But And then you got the, the same people of the, the uh, you know, I did this, so you should too. No, I disagree with that too. Like, like that's yeah, that's, that's well, in that same well we grew up that way, and we turned out just fine. Uh, first of all, no, you didn't. Yeah, uh, and and secondly, the goal is always to make it better for the people who come after you. Why would it not be that way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would it not be to make things better for the people who, who come after you? Conversely, though, I will say, and I don't remember where I, exactly this came from, so I didn't feel like I could put it on my list. Um, but but I work with a lot of people younger than me. Uh, I'm still dancing around that topic. And there's sometimes this, like, I'm 37. I'm not old. I don't think of myself as old. Uh but there's sometimes this thing of like, I'm going to wear youth as a badge of honor. And you sometimes have to put those people in your oh, place and go, I hate that shit. youth isn't a badge of honor because you're just going along the natural order of things. And if you still insist that it is, then I'm winning. Cause I already did it. Yeah. I made it through there already. Yeah. <laughs> you're not special because you were born at a later date. Yeah. That's not how it works. And one day you'll get to this point too. Then what do you got? Mm-hmm. See, now it's just Abe Simpson. It'll happen to you. you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Somebody should have used that. I completely forgot about that. It's so good, too. Uh, I used to be with I it. I used to be with it. But they changed what it was. <laughs> uh, now my, what's it seems weird and scary to me. I'll, I'll just it'll throw... happened to you. I'll throw my last one out really quick so we can go play video games. It's uh, somehow Palpatine returned. No, no I'm it is not. No. It's... <laughs> It's actually why did you say that name? No, that's not it either. So I, I hate I hate to end mine on a down note, but this is legitimately my favorite quote of all time, probably. It's not a happy one. It's not it's not a particularly optimistic one, and I feel like we should be moving toward optimism. But and maybe maybe part of the reason I am the way that I am is because I've clung to this clung mm-hmm. to this to this that's quote. Fun for so long it's from a movie called swimming with sharks one of my favorite movies of all time and unfortunately the character is portrayed by kevin spacey but let's move past that because at the time kevin spacey was a respected actor uh we didn't know any better at the time but it's about a guy who's named guy who is a movie lover he's in love with film he got his start in like a drive-through theater drive-through uh you know movie theater and he gets a job as an assistant to the biggest like uh not director i forget what a producer i think in hollywood buddy ackerman who's played by kevin spacey and it's his dream job he he has worked his whole life for this well then he gets the job and it turns out buddy ackerman is a complete asshole he tortures him he abuses him to the point the movie actually this isn't a spoiler because the movie actually starts in buddy ackerman's house where guy has him tied up and he's been torturing him and uh, like cutting him and then pouring salt into the wounds and pouring lemon juice in the wounds and just shaving his head. Like it's, it's just tortured him. And then over through the movie, you see why he's done it because Buddy Ackerman has pushed him so far. Um, he ends up falling in love with a girl who is becoming a director and she actually climbed her way to the top by sleeping around and Buddy Ackerman was one of the people she slept with. But now she's now that she's in a higher position, she doesn't do that anymore. She has respect and he falls in love with her. It's his whole thing. 
Um, but he finds out that they're in love and he's so upset and jealous by the fact that guy's starting to be happy that he goes to sabotage it. Guy finds out he goes to buddy's house when she's supposed to come over. He ties buddy up and tortures him through the film at the very end of the film. Um, guy pulls a gun. He's going to shoot buddy and she's trying to talk him out of it while buddy is trying to talk him into it. And she's like, what are you doing? Are you insane? I'm trying to save your life. And he says, and I'm trying to give Guy his. He can't fuck his way to the top like you did, so he's got to do it a different way. And he looks at Buddy, or he looks at Guy, and he he goes into this speech about, um, and this is the quote here, and it, it goes on further and further, but the main point of it, the final thing he tells him is basically, you have to do this. Everything you have done in your entire life has come to this point. And he says, you have to do it because life is not a movie. Everyone lies. Good guys lose. And love does not conquer all. And I won't tell you how it ends in case you ever watch it because it's pretty fucked up. But that that quote of life is not a movie. Everyone lies. Good guys lose. Love does not conquer all. Because we have this idea that life is going to work out. You always hear people say that life's going to work out. And that is true. Life is going to work out. But that doesn't mean life's going to work out for the best. Just because you want to be happy doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Just because you want to succeed doesn't mean you're going to succeed. But people have this idea that that is how life will go. That I, I will... everything's good. It will be good, but it might not be good. And you have to be ready for that. And I think this quote is that everyone lies. Good guys lose. Love does not conquer all. It's so simple and so powerful. And it's such a true statement. It's not an optimistic one, but it's true. And I concede my time. All right. I I agree with three quarters of that. (laughs) (laughs) Which one, which one do you disagree with? The last one. Love does not conquer all? Yeah, I disagree with that. I think in some cases it might not, but I I have a hard time agreeing with that one. I, you know, after, I don't reference it much anymore, but after the thing happened, I was in this, this state of, I, I went through, I don't believe love is real. I don't think love is real. It's, you know, it's a joke. Oh, I know, we had this conversation a lot. But I came through that knowing that that's wrong because I have loved I have loved many people and knowing that I have loved is all the proof I need that love is real. And yeah, I I don't think I disagree with you on that, Hunter. I think love does not conquer all. It's complicated. The rest is clear cut. It's, you know, it's absolutely true. Life isn't a movie. Of course, everyone does lie. Good guys do lose. That's all facts. Love does not conquer all though. I say the jury's still out on that one. I just think like it doesn't necessarily have to be as bleak as like, yeah, good guys lose sometimes. That doesn't mean that everything's going to go to shit. No, but you cannot live. See, Guy in this movie, he lived his whole life thinking that if I work hard, if I do everything right, then all the good things will happen to me. And Buddy's message to him was that, no, that's not true. Like, do not get it in your head that just because you want it means you're going to get it. Because you don't always get what you want. People live and die every day not getting what they want. Sometimes they live pointless, painful lives. That is just a reality that you have to be prepared for. And it's true. And not and optimistic, like, I, but true. No, I mean I, I agree to a point. Like some people like will live never get, like never realizing their dreams. Like, you know, the their actors every day wash out because like it just turns out they're not good. They like that's the life they want, but Yeah, but some people you can't, do it, you can't do it. Some people do all the right things and they still don't succeed. Yeah. Like it just it happens. There's, yeah, there's stuff that happens. Like the the thing though with that is like you may not succeed at what you're going to do. You have to be willing to move past it. 
and that's you know, let- uh this this reminds me sorry this is a perfect uh, exemplification of that i think i think to me this is not to not to undermine yours but a better version of that jean-luc picard um once said it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose that is not a weakness that is life yeah i think it also depends on the character that's saying it though because jean-luc picard and buddy ackerman are two <laughs> very different characters <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's why I like the Picard version better because it sounds like Buddy Ackerman is, uh, and he didn't just used to be a piece of shit. He's still a piece of shit. So there, I don't want to get too deep into the movie because that's not what the show is about. But you also find out through the movie as you know, Guy is screaming at him and saying, you know, I gave two because he'd been working him for like two years. He said, I gave two years of my life to this, and Buddy just screams back at him, I gave ten. You don't think I've been where you've been? You know, uh, the boss shitting all over you and treating you like dirt. I've been where you are, and now it's my time, goddammit. It's my turn to do this. He talks about how his wife was raped and, and shot and left to die. And he's like, you know, think bad things happen to you. Your girlfriend doesn't love you. Tough. You know, like, toughen up. Deal with it. And, like, on one hand, I get that, and I agree with it. On the other, I can see why you wouldn't agree with it. I don't know. This To me, this is a great uh, of example of how life is gray. Every, life is not black and white. It's very gray. We all live in a very gray area, and it really is how you look at it, it, it that really yeah. shapes you know all of this stuff. And like maybe I haven't looked at life the best way, but at the same time, again, I'm still here and I'm still fighting for all the right causes. So maybe I didn't do so bad. Thanks, Buddy Ackerman. I'm gonna spoil the movie for you too because no one's ever gonna watch it. In the end, guy shoots the girl and kills her. And um he and buddy play it off that she was a jilted lover that came into his house and tortured him and guy saved him. So guys reward for that was he moved up in life and became a producer of his own. But the very final scene you see is buddy walking into his office at his new office, looking around and kind of nodding at him and then tells him to come on. And he grabs the pen and pad like he used to do when he worked for him. And he said, I have to meeting. I have to go to implying that even though he's now ahead in life, he's still buddy Ackerman's slave basically. And that, Everything he sacrificed for was how much success is really up to you. Anyway, this is depressing. Lindsay, you've got something much happier. Come on. It is happier, but I'm not going to promise I won't get choked up reading it because I keep doing it. So I will try to get through this one. You're already getting she choked already up. Can't. You already can't. Sorry, sorry too bad. Sorry, got the rabbit. Hold on. I mean, I can just hold the book up and let one of you guys read it if you want. <laughs> no, the cameras aren't good enough. You read it. Yeah, I know. But it's a quote from Jim Henson. So. I might just walk the book down to you. You want me to read it for you? I like, I seriously am getting choked up. This is so stupid. It's not stupid. It's not stupid. We're all going to, we're all going to look away. Yeah. So we're not looking at you. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm already doing it. So. As children, we all live in a world of imagination of fantasy. And for some of us that make believe continues into adulthood. (laughs) Certainly, I lived my whole life through my imagination, but the world of imagination is there for all of us. A sense of play, of pretending, of wonder. It's there with with us as we live. Well, I've got tears in my eyes just listening to you, so fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Just as a creative, that's just who I am at the same time. I love to me. It really, I like to, I like to kind of piggy that back that with, you know, the last one that I gave there earlier is we, we get it into our head that like happiness is stupid. I don't, I don't know what happens at what point in the, in, in life that, you know, stuff just starts beating us down. Even if you have a good time, like the, the, we are systematically built to at some point in time go, Hey, 
all that stuff that you liked as a kid, all the fun stuff that you like doing, that's stupid. You can't do that anymore. And I think it really ties in well, too, with what you said earlier about there is no normal. Like, everyone gets it in yeah. their head that you have to live this way, and then at this age, that's it. You can't fucking do it anymore. And if you do, you're weird and stupid, and you're not going to be, you know, liked. And, and what we found, I think, over the past, you know, what, 20, 30 years, really, our generation is that we're not <laughs> – <laughs> to borrow a line from uh, from Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take that anymore. We're not going to take this idea that we we have to fit into this neat little fucking mold and and be that way. Like, and you that's mean the, you're not having kids? And, and that's yeah, the, that's the best thing. I meant what I said. What meant? That's what. It is. <laughs> yeah, that's, you can get off my post. It's the. <laughs> it is. It is very much the. Oh well, you're a grown up now. You have to be a grown up. No. You don't. Yeah. You, you just, can I mean, enjoy everything else. I, I, sure, I have to do that in terms of responsibilities. I have to pay yes. my taxes and I have to do all that. But like, what I do beyond that, again, but, as long as it's not infringing on somebody else's ability to live their life, gives a shit. Let, let me tell you. you know? uh, let me tell you about a girl I know. Um, she works a full time job as a manager. She takes care of all the things she has to take care of. She is as responsible and adult as I've ever seen. And right now, she's sitting in front of a backdrop of Pokemon <laughs> and Fraggles and all this stuff. Um, you are who you are. And I, one thing I love about life as it progresses is it's less of fitting into a square and just being yourself and then finding like-minded people that love you for who you are. And, and you can be, you know, you can do you can be whatever you want to be and live in color. Uh <laughs> it's there there are there are people in my family who will they have this little arbitrary rule when it comes to to holidays and like look no one is is you know you don't have to get anyone a gift you don't want to do it don't do it i don't expect a gift from anybody but they play this game of like okay well i want to know what you want for christmas but don't tell me any and i'm going to point over my shoulder for those of you who can see it don't tell me any video games don't tell me any lego stuff don't tell me any ghostbuster shit or any star wars stuff cuz you should have grown out of that by now and at one point in time, and it's coming, like I'm, I'm being cool about it, but one time, the next time it gets said to me in person, I'm going to be very close to just going, then don't get me anything. Just just do me a favor and don't put a little box around me on that. Like, mm. if you wanted to do that so badly, you would say, hey, what do you want? Not what do you want within the confines of you're 37 and you shouldn't want this stuff anymore. Right, right. Like yeah. if that's how it's gonna be, then then why did you bother asking me? What I want to get I want to get you something, but I don't want to get you the things that you like. Well, then what the fuck are we doing? What what, like, am, what am I gonna do with my life? Go to work, come home, sit on the couch, drink a beer, watch sports, like the classic. And like, and, and, and here's the thing: that, some people fine. do that and right. love that. But yeah, don't exactly. tell me that's what I have to do. Don't tell me that's normal. Right. Don't tell me that's, that's the way. That's just because you. it's the way you did it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I will say I'm very proud of my family that they have finally gotten out of that stage yeah. as far as that stuff goes. Like if there's something I need household wise, then yes, that will take the priority. But over the last yeah. few years, I've been sent anime related stuff. I've been sent Pokemon stuff for Christmas. And it's like I fucking, that, that my... acceptance is kind of finally there that, oh, it's not just you're still clinging to childhood. You actually yeah. enjoy this stuff. My mom is the best. Legitimately, she will she will hit me up and go, okay, you know, I need a Christmas list, and it's like September. And I'm like, okay, you know, I okay, whatever, you know, I'll I'll try to come up with some stuff. And usually, I pawn off on her like games and stuff that I'm not going to buy for myself or, or movies or whatever. 
um, the year that that Sword and Shield, that Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, <laughs> she called me one time close to Christmas. She goes, "Hey, um, the thing, like, do you want both?" <laughs> and I went, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and she goes, well, "Yeah, you said one or the other. You said you didn't care because we used to get, you know, Sarah would get one, I got the other. But she so rarely played through them that she's like, I just get whatever you want. Don't worry about getting the other one." So mom was like, no, they got like a package deal. It's like both of them. I didn't know if you wanted them both. And I'm like, well, they're they're so similar, mom. I'm not going to play through both of them together. Well, okay, if you're sure. But it's like, it's a discount. Like, she's trying to talk me into it. <laughs> I was like, my sweet mother, I appreciate the hell out of this so much. Thank you. Moms, but one will be sufficient. <laughs> moms are generally the best. I remember my mom, when she found out I was into anime that Christmas, she got me Mulan. <laughs> And I always, <laughs> I always appreciated it. I love it. that story. <laughs> That's the I love it. Uh, my, my other favorite is the is the console she, was she so got well meaning. Christmas one year. Oh yeah, when I told her all I wanted was a PlayStation. I wanted a PlayStation so bad. She got a Sega Genesis, Genesis. Genesis. And, and it was that yeah. it was that Simpsons where Bart wants Bone <laughs> Lee Carvalho's yes. And I opened it up and I looked up. I was like, oh yeah, thanks, mom. I love that it's not even a Dreamcast or a Sega Saturn. It's like it's Genesis. all the way back to Genesis. But you know what? That Genesis is fucking awesome. I never had one. Genesis yeah. so. is an awesome console. Mom's Fuck always you. know better. All right. God damn, we're at two hours. Can we stop? Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it for us tonight. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, Sorry, we needed another sentimental episode. So. <laughs> yeah, and then the ratings yep. always go down. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I have access well, to the well, readings now. They're not that different anyway. We'll <laughs> next week. Uh, so go back and check out this Top week's episode. Five farts in anime. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's the squalor. Jesse, how many times is Eero? No, never mind. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I'm searching it on Google right now. And if it's a Please list. That seems like a bad idea. Very that seems like a terrible idea. Uh, Hunter, tell them about this week's shows idea. real quick. Okay, so Monday we had an all new After Dark. <laughs> and if you're confused about why you're hearing that now, it's because there was a lot of stuff going on. The Kaz Man was here. Uh, things were crazy. So yeah, After Dark went up on Shannon Monday. And was week. lazy. <laughs> On like uh, look, I wasn't gonna say it. On Tuesday, uh, we had an all new PZ85 plays, the second official episode of uh, the Curse of Strahd campaign uh, with Cody as our DM. So go and check that out. Yesterday, we had an all new Pro Wrestling Unscripted, all about the fall of Vince McMahon, um, which was just the best. It was fun to get to just tear that whole situation down. Uh, we've said it before; I'll say it again. PWU is is the the hidden gem of the network at this. Mm-hmm point um and then this tonight and of course i mean the week's not over because tomorrow it's yeah, horse tomorrow, time that's right hunter with, i left with a, potentially a very special guest hunter i so. left uh i left a link in the text only for babies for people no. to just don't no it's Please updated don't you saw the stuff i posted before it. Don't, let the bre- don't let the bread bugs bite um <laughs> uh, I love oh and there's like Four or five things before that. I dropped like 17 different things over the course of this show here. Morbing. Like. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I like the the baby doll too. This is my son. He's a moderator on both r slash Super Smash Bros. Melee and r slash Atheism. I want him dead. Uh, <laughs> anyway. And then, uh, next, you know, after after tomorrow, next week, we do it all again. We'll be back. I think uh, next Monday is a new I Want to Believe, right? Yes. Because it's, it's the last Monday before the uh, Strange birthday. Tales Midwest oh, yeah, Conference yeah, yeah. on the Unknown. Well, that too, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the I'm, conference only unknown fifth through the seventh. I might take the rest of the week off. Honestly, we'll see what happens. Because isn't next week we're not doing Strahd next week because Cody's busy, right? Yeah, Cody's out next week, so we we are going to be missing plays. We'll be back the next week, maybe a little later, because I'm going to be running behind. But we'll figure yeah. that out. Um, we'll see. What so happens. yeah, yeah, we'll go we'll go from there. But we'll, there will be a new I want to believe next Monday. Uh, also potentially with some special guest Tanner's working on that. Yeah. So. And uh, son, if you're listening to this, stop trying to contact me. It really bums me <laughs> it bums out. Bums me out. all right that's it we're out of here uh we'll see you guys next week (laughs) shelby take us out why do you do this to me every time hey jill hey jill